You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 121, 2022, year-end review. Chicago. The criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that has about 20 more comics to read before the year's out, so obviously he decided to read Dark Crisis instead. My name is Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. I'm Raven Perez. And welcome for another episode of the Savage Fincast, the internet's only Savage Dragon slash Eric Larson uh, focused podcast. Uh, we are back for a kind of a unique episode where we're going to just kind of talk about our year. Uh, the anniversaries, plural, uh, how we're feeling, what we've read this year that we care about, what we watched this year, you know, anything. Just kind of an overall shit-shoot session. Shit-shoot session. Shit-shoot session. Sunshine shitty. Plus, if none of that appeals to you, we're going to have some first fin opinions of the Ultimate Collection. Oh, yes, we do have that hot, 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 hot take. That's Raven right. Is, Raven has got his, his mitts upon it. Mm-hmm. And I've got hot takes. Get ready, old man Larson. You're going to hear it. Hot <laughs> takes a week later. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that's, not, that's not a bad way to start. So you, you've got the hardcover. I do. So uh ran out to the shop. In anticipation of this shit shoot session, uh, to get the ultimate edition number one, and uh, gotta say that this is one incredibly fucking high quality hardcover. Um, and I mean, I think Savage Dragon fans are gonna fucking shit at just how good a job the recoloring did for these old pages. Um, it's truly fantastic the choice to recolor them was worth it uh not to pick i was joking about tearing tearing the book apart uh not to pick but the all of the four matter stuff was like i think looks recolored because there's no wire effect at all i mean if you don't know listeners if you scan something that has already been printed the dot process used to create printing when you scan it in, that dot process creates patterns that are visible to the human eye. It's called the Moire effect. Doesn't look great. You can visibly see it. Kind of is going to come read to your eyes like a little grainy, a little off. Well, we got some of that in this collection. Not a ton, thank God. But uh, well, the you're, you're saying all the issues, <clears throat> none of them have that problem. None of the well, issues. Well, if, if I understand all these years that we've been talking to Eric, he said that there were some specific early issues where their digital files were unusable. 
Mm-hmm. So presumably those ones were recolored, and the pre and the ones, uh, the other ones, where they just use the original digital colors, so it would be a fresh printing regardless. They didn't need to be scanned. Right. I mean, as long as they had that, I think the issue was that there was stuff missing, but the end result is the same. Everything that is in the front matter, what you buy this collection for, the issues, is beautiful. It's clean, razor fucking sharp, probably never looked better. It's on that beautiful paper. It's slightly oversized. Uh, Let me show for Jim and Craig the little visual here so you can get a good idea of the oversized. That's two seconds here. I'm bummed. Mine's still in the mail. It's supposed to come probably within a week, but... What pornography have we got here to compare to it? Oh, Megaton Man. All right, so here we go. So, just yep. so you fellas can see, it's slight. Oh, hold on, we'll turn this around. It's a little easier yeah. to read here on these white walls. I, I mean, okay. I, I believe there were Invincible collections of that size. I think there's a Saga uh, Deluxe hardcover that's that size. Right. Yeah, it's, that's like... It, Images it's, kind of size. It's there. slight, but it's just a tiny bit bigger, and it makes a difference. It it's looks about, good. It's about it, an inch bigger on the margins. It's the same thing for the Copra collection, too. It's oh, yeah, same. that one's also just came out, too. That would be the same. Yeah, there God you go. damn, I got, a, I got another thing I got to get. Thanks, Craig. Merry Christmas to me, I guess. Craig is holding <laughs> up the Copra collection. Craig, does that have a, like, a, like, what kind of cover stuff? Oh, yeah, it's sealed in plastic. No. No, it's uh, the just cover. Glossy. Is it like smooth or is it like rough? Uh, the actual uh, image is smooth, like a gloss. Okay, and then it's just like a matted kind of. It is kind of a matte. I was wondering about that. But maybe like a semi gloss, like an eggshell, like semi gloss. Yeah, the copper. How's the paper of the interior there? Glossy, like. Glossy, okay. Not like the individual. Not issues. like the actual individual, okay. no. Like a high gloss. So this bad boy is slightly oversized, and all of the main comic stuff is razor fucking sharp. I mean, beautiful. All of the scan, all of the gallery, it, all the extra stuff is beautiful. And was what I wasn't expecting is for Eric to do commentary on some <laughs> so much of that back matter stuff. But there's little jokes that he, he's like, what the hell was I thinking? Or, yeah, you know, a lot of this is just never intended to be seen, you know. But I don't know. I'd use this guy one day and stuff like that, right? So it is kind of interesting to see this stuff. Uh, the back matter stuff is razor sharp looks great. You do see a little bit of more effect on the cover gallery. You do see a little bit of more effect on the backups, which are done by people like Adam Hughes you know, that's your Mighty Man, uh, Mighty Man, Rapture, um, Dart, you know, uh, Star, you know, those backups yeah, that ran the, in these original the, shoes. The, the ones that were <clears throat> reprinted, um, that were bundled in with the uh, uh, second trade, I think, as the backups issue. Right. They don't yeah, look bad. Here's the thing is they don't look bad, but they do look visibly worse than the main stuff. Right, right. right. Those were likely scanned, likely because the, they were does not have the line art for them and can't reconstruct their color. Nor and Adam it. Hughes isn't going to have those pages. It's been 30 years, right? right? So it's like, it, you know, be a fool's errand to try and get them. That they're, they're, that, they're in there as an extra. Um, right. It's best to think about those. Yeah, right. I, and, I think for those, they were so integral to the story in the early days. Those backups really, you know, I think the star ones, when he 
gets his hair burned off, right? Was yep. that the issue? Yep. And then Mighty Man is still trying to figure out who who the you know the identity is and things like that, right? Right, absolutely correct. But the the nice thing is is that you have just so much like TLC all over this bad boy. The inside of the dust jacket has all these quotes by different people. You got oh, cool. uh, fucking Kurt Busiek, Steranko, Kirkman, Casada, Mike Galrid, Kevin Smith. If you look at like the interior, you got this sweet like burning field double page spread. And then you jump on into Kirkman wrote just a fantastic foreword, which anybody who ever wanted to make an argument for Savage Dragon just as someone else dude it's like a gold mine of like he's speaking nothing but facts here and uh it's just really great kirkman really went out of the uh, you know his way there's a josh icon uh custom insult just for this trade nice so so i mean again things he didn't have to do but i wonder if uh those quotes are new from the different uh, creators or if they're the ones that were in like the other collected editions. Cause in the, you know, in the first bunch of collected editions, he had a mm-hmm. bunch of quotes from different creators. It'd be interesting if they, if they're new or. I unfortunately don't know, <laughs> yeah. but I will say that the extra material from the earlier trades is included in here. So, like, you know how he expanded out some scenes with just a few extra pages? Uh, right. New, new to me was the unconscious super patriot getting up and leaving the scene of right. the crime. Yeah, that stuff so, is in here. Yeah, because he added those for the trades to make all the pages work right, too. So you didn't have, like, a, a weird missing page. And right. I think uh, it's probably all reordered, like, the... You know, when he redid the the mini as the Dragon series, he yep. reordered everything as well. Yes, sir. You are absolutely correct. So it's it's cool, man. I mean, you're gonna just fucking flip. I mean, yeah, like there there we go. Super Patriot just sort of shambling to life. This was new to me. I had never had this trade. Oh, really? Because I I knew about that. That was in uh, my copy of. Uh... Wait. I definitely have seen that before. We, if you had the trade, you did, but I have no trades. <laughs> okay. So again, yeah. for me, or if you this, had the dragon series, right? Yeah, this is right for yeah. me. So yeah. yeah, that's how it was in my baptism <laughs> fire trade. But it's fantastic, dude. How do you feel about him not separating the different issues as like one long narrative? Do you like or don't like that? I personally don't have a problem with it. If you are reading a book like this is heavy as shit. I mean, it's substantial. So, I mean, if you're used to reading books, you're used to like using bookmarks and stuff like that. I wouldn't use a bookmark in a trade, like a little thin trade. Yeah. But I mean, in a big book like this, I you probably are, if you're a book reader, you use bookmarks. So I don't think it's an issue. I could see purists not liking it. But I also totally understand why he did it because it's like, you know, you'd have to correct for like letters, that letters interior, you know, the credits interior and all that. It's just the covers. Well, it's it a, it's a mess weird. now that he like re- – so I guess he'd have to break it up by the, the Dragon series where he like redid it all because he couldn't right, break right. it up yep. again. Yeah, because that uh, – yeah, the um, – because Baptism of Fire does the same thing I think. It's one continuous story. Yeah. 
And I'm fine with it. I actually I kind of like knowing which issue stuff's from, but I like I don't know. I can see both no, ways. It. Like it's kind of nice the way because the way Eric writes a lot of stuff, it, one issue goes right into the other, and so it's nice that it doesn't kind of break that up. But on the other hand, part of me likes to know which issue I'm in. Oh yeah, and and what's funny is that that's a confusion it creates. Is like when I get to the end of this, I'm like, ooh, and it's like I don't have a good frame of reference for like the cliffhanger. It's like, oh yeah, okay, well. Well, Raven, I gotta I gotta ask you. Well, I'll sure. ask you both this personal question. This is this is a question that I often think about because I think about stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Raven, you said you never have read the trade version. Uh, Correct. Because you never owned it. You you read it in the in the miniseries. Issues only. Craig, you started with the miniseries, right? Not with the trade? Okay. Right. Do you prefer starting with the cutthroat fight or the burning field? Oh. <laughs> uh, I kind of like the cutthroat fight because it throws you in the middle of this action sequence. Like I like almost like a movie. Like, all right, like you're just first time. When, when you, whenever I'm reading like a new comic – I want like I want to get thrown right into something fun and get get it all juiced up. I don't like to like get the slow burn. Like I want a, a quick scene. Give me a little taste of what this guy's about, and then let's work it. You know, I'm very much pro burning field, but I started. With <laughs> oh, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I, I like the more burning field mystery straight into that Frank scene. Yeah. Uh, then you do the whole uh, blowing up the docks. And then the cutthroat scene comes in where it would chronologically. I, I, um, just... I will add that the uh, to me, the additional pages where William Johnson is like prepping Dragon to fight cutthroat. Didn't need it. I Super, like it. Superfluous. I actually preferred to just boom, he's fighting cutthroat and Glowbug. But it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I get why he did this for a trade, but like, uh, not necessary. I kind of like the flow of just your interaction. I like those scenes and the fact that it kind of makes Dragon feel like more of a member of the Force. Like you're getting a little bit of the background. It's not necessary, but it feels like it fills out that like, all right, how is the Force aiding Dragon or how is he interacting with the other cops? I got a question for you there. Uh, I'm going to defer to you as an expert on continuity because even now after the reread, I'm just like, wait, what? This is throwing me for a loop. So I'm flipping through here and there's a point where people are being interviewed about their feelings of Savage Dragon. It's a new page to me. I have never seen this page and uh, they're interviewing a skunk patchless Sharona Jackson. What? (laughs) Really? I don't know if I've ever noticed that was the same woman. She even makes a joke. I wouldn't kick him out of bed, and it's like because well, she because she doesn't. Rash. Is it is it clearly established that she doesn't get her skunk patch until she gets her lightning powers? I had I mean, never. I'm a, I, I never. Knew. I might have to double check that freak force issue too. Yeah, I never knew, but like in this, in this, it's mm-hmm. brown. Like, she doesn't have the skunk patch, and she's doing an interview, and she's like, well, I wouldn't kick him out of bed. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, is she not raptured at the beginning of Savage is, Dragon? I like, mean, I it, mean, it, it, could, it makes <clears throat> some, a little bit of sense that she might not be. Right, yeah. 
<laughs> it's just funny is all. It's a funny bit of continuity that I wasn't, you know, like like it hit me. Like I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Like when did this happen? Like what? <laughs> which uh, which issue was her backup that she got th- that shows her getting the powers? Well, she doesn't. We don't see her get her powers until the Freak Force issue. Freak Force uh, is where no, we see. The, there's the, a backup. The, the, no, the Rapture backup has to do with her shocking her pimp and yep. uh, ricochet stopping. Oh, yep. That's ricochet a different, stops that's a, her for... the act. The origin isn't until Freak Force. Uh, Correct. Yep. Yeah, because remember when we did the retro Savage Dragon retro, me and Jim, who had never read that. We're shocked yeah, that Rapture's, right, right. I've that had Rapture's origin. That she had an yeah. origin story. Yeah, that she came from Johnny Redbeard. I was like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> and it happened not in Savage Dragon, but I don't know. Just one of those things where, I don't know. So, yeah, there's surprises. I'm just saying, like, even as a person who's been reading Savage Dragon for 30 years, like, uh, buying this, so, it was full of little surprises. I was like, what the so hell? So if it wasn't just that, so... I guess it's not that he just didn't decide on giving her the little skunk patch until later because he would have recolored it. He yeah, had the chance to right here. <laughs> yeah. If so, it's if it's the same character and not just a bystander who looks similar. And his name's Sharona Jackson. Oh wait, so that's actually established her name's Sharona Jackson? Shows her name underneath her. Oh, that that's definitely Rapture then. Yeah. Looks like Rapture's name Sharona Jackson. What fucking the issue only thing was she... her origin story? trying to find, i'm trying to scrub through and find it you can look for that i can buy you some time um <laughs> the sketch gallery stuff is fan fucking tastic and uh there's just all kinds of cool weird fucking characters you get to see the early uh you know savage dragon shit he did as a kid like as much of it as he has i think he says he has when you open the sketch gallery section you see the very first picture of savage dragon that he ever made that he can find and it's like from 1976. Dude, it looks nothing like Paul. It's it's absolutely Flash Mercury. Like, yeah. it is just, dude, it, and it is not like, you know how, like, the Paul Dragon stuff, like, where he's on the beach drawn in yeah. crayon? It kind of still has the Eric look. Dude, the drawing in here that, like, kicks off the sketch section, it looks like. like it's kind of bubbly. Yeah, very bubbly. <laughs> You've seen it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, dude. It's Yeah, it's awesome. And so, and then I always say Savage Dragon is a great, uh, like, resource for cartoonists. Like, if you're a cartoonist, you should read this shit. And uh, he's got even a thumbnail gallery, which I don't do it, but a lot of really good professional comic artists thumbnail a page before they they do a baseball card-sized sketch to get a rough idea of the flow of the layout before they do a full-size layout or whatever. And so, like, there's references even for stuff like that. And he was, I remember when he was prepping for this, he was like, how much of this stuff do you guys really even care about? And we were like, put it all in. Dude, it's awesome. (laughs) It's pretty exhaustive. Well, I hope it sold well. I know I looked at Organic Price Books, and it's on back order now, so they sold through their lot. Um, I know InStock Trades had, like, a sale for like 20 bucks which was insane holy shit for like a week um it was like last week or the week before mm-hmm. um but and i know it looked like on the kayfabe page like a lot of people were gonna pick it up that had wanted to try dragon so i hope i uh, cannot i can no say shit, it is sold out i guess i shouldn't have slept My i bad. can say that i cannot imagine a first time reader leaving this and not liking it. Like 
seriously. Well, we got 20 volumes to get through. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if you okay. better buy it. Okay, real-time confirmation. Freak Force number six, we get Rapture's origin. She does not have a skunked hair until after she comes out of the sh- the machine. Oh, which, cool. Which matches this. Yeah. Yeah. I never realized that. That's a first. Learn something new. In every fact, podcast. It, it, it kind of makes sense because I believe the way that the way the chronology works is she's a prostitute. Or she hates her pimp. She gets captured for experiments, gets given her powers, and then she immediately goes to kill her pimp. Uh, because she now she has powers, and that's when Ricochet believe, stops her. I believe you are correct. So all those events can totally happen within the span of the miniseries and her first appearance in Dragon. Second appearance. I believe, in Dragon. I believe you're correct. Yeah, yeah. I learned something. Like I said, I had no idea. Like when when I very first saw her without the skunk patch, getting interviewed, I was like, "What the fuck? I've never seen this page." So, yeah, it was a treat. I mean, I get I get it. If you're a Savage Dragon finhead. Who has and, not missed and, the trades? And it wasn't. And it wasn't. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't Johnny Redbeard. It was uh, Doctor Nirvana. Oh, right. That's right. 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 Yeah. Uh, the other point of contention I saw Finheads uh, talking about is they they thought that issue zero should be included here. I'm I could see. Say, the, I could see the argument, but no, absolutely I'm not. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to say after reading it. It's too much. It would not have worked. Like, honestly, like, I know it's kind of impossible for us to say since we came in at it being introduced so many years later. Like, we think of it as only being good. But after, like, reading this for the show, they spend so much time, like, oh, where are you from? Where are you from? And right. if you're the reader, it ruins all the there, fun. Yeah. If you yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be so much better to not know. It's yeah, such a helmet. huge like part of the book for a while. That yes. was that was reprinted in issue one fifty, I believe, and I think that's the perfect place to put it. Yeah, you can do he, it like right before Kerr. Right um, before Kerr. Mm-hmm. Wait, is it in here? I thought it was in here. No, that's Daredevil. Oh, it is in here. Yes, it was reprinted in one fifty, and that it and one fifty is where you get to the very end, and Dragon gets uh, his brains eaten and then blasted by Overlord. So that's where Kerr needs to be established before he's introduced properly in the comic. So mm-hmm. I think yeah, issue zero should come right after one fifty. Yeah, I I agree. And new readers should not start with issues. He'll probably right. add that as a backup story in whatever volume that yep. comes around in. I'll just echo the sentiment that you said earlier, dude. I really hope... These are fantastic. I really hope that we get uh, the full run. I mean, just like, I know the market... Well, if it's selling selling out to all the big box retailers, I think that's a good sign. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And again, you got curtain in there to, to support it. And it's like, dude, just if people just pay attention, it's like... People know Kirkman's name over anyone in comics. I, I think so. most of the hard work is done with like the design. You can reuse a lot of the design now. And I mean, let's face it, the books have been done. He's got all for the older stuff at least, he should have all the, the files. I mean mm-hmm. I can't imagine I oh, it should know, be the cost smoother being too sa- much besides the pr- printing costs. Should be much smoother sailing. Hopefully. I mean fucking here's hoping 
<laughs> so we'll see. I mean, they might just get a little more expensive as time goes on, as less and less are printed. But I mean, if you look at those hardcovers back in the day with like five issues, they were like sixty, seventy bucks for some of them. Holy it was shit! Pretty crazy. Like the price. Like we don't know how good we have it now. You know, with with like omnibus and stuff like that being like eighty bucks. Like. My hardcover Savage Dragons were like seriously like five issues a piece, and they, some of them were, at the MSRP or whatever, was like fifty sixty bucks. <laughs> yeah, because it was such a limited, like thing. It's uh, th- that's rough. That's a bitter pill to swallow. <laughs> no, dude. I yeah, and those are like you. You're only selling to diehard fans at that price point. And that was twenty years ago, mm-hmm. so that's what that's crazy. Like, think about that. I, I mean, it's. I a wish whole I different... had it in front of me to look at what the prices were, but I think they started off like thirty, forty bucks, and then as they got on, they were like sixty. It's a whole different market. I mean, Savage Dragon has been trapped in the direct market for thirty years, and yes, there's been trades, but it's like. I mean, you know, omnibuses are the big mover right now, even over just graphic novels. So it's like, it's fantastic that it can have a new number. It can get into that bookstore ecosystem, you know, have a life in Amazon and stuff, which is before, like, you know, it's not ever gonna. So here's... It's crazy how much (laughs) omnibuses have caught on in the past, like, two years, I want to say. Like mm-hmm. it went to being just like a, I don't know, like you do like the classic 1960s Marvels or stuff that was like old. And now it's like, I'm looking at, you know, an omnibus for cosmic ghost rider or something. It's like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, like everything's getting the omnibus treatment and people are just snapping them up. It's pretty insane. I think it's the, uh, if people are going to spend money on this shit, they just want it to last. Or at the very least, if they're not going to keep it, it could be something that, like, if they were to give it away or sell it or whatever, it'd be something someone would want. Like, a yeah. lot of this stuff, even the trades, like, just on the, like, small, like, graphic novel trades, the fucking glue comes out of the spine. You know, pages come loose and stuff. It gets shitty with almost no time, you know? It's just crazy to me, though. It's like, I, I like the omnibus, and most of my stuff is, like, 60s and 70s stuff. Like, the old, old stuff. I mean, basically because that's all I like from Marvel at this point. But it seems amazing to me that, like, new stuff is constantly getting churned out into Omnibus and people just buying. Like, I don't know where people fit all this stuff. Like, you've got to have a massive (laughs) shelf. Well, remember, if if they're only buying Omnibuses and Deluxe Collections, then they don't have the long boxes. The long boxes taking up half the room. they got a lot more space. I think the idea is the Omnibuses are actually a... Uh, a space saver that's true yeah that's a good way i guess for me i just end up getting rid of my comics once i'm like i don't keep them forever and i only keep collections of like the stuff i really want i don't like omnibuses i think they are too big um in fact i'm looking at that ghost Rider omnibus you were talking about the thing's literally 850 pages that thing is unwieldy yeah Uh, Yeah, i would much rather have these deluxe hardcovers just for a being able to lift them and read while on the shitter. Yeah, the problem is that 
problem with that, though, I mean, like, I'm thinking Savage Dragon 20 volumes. That's going to be massive, too, but I, I mean, know. I see it both ways. It's a good price point. Do you have all the archives? Yeah. Well, then toss all the archives. <laughs> those are black and white. I know. They're, they're worth keeping. <laughs> those are actually in a long box. <laughs> But um, no, it's it's pretty um, it's pretty regular. And, oh, I, uh, the other thing I was going to say about Omnibus is I'm actually going to have to buy one next year, which I'm not mm-hmm. looking forward to because Marvel has finally deigned to release cross-gen comics in Omnibus format. Oh, cool. so I so I have to actually support it uh, to show interest in cross-gen. So I have mm-hmm. to shell out a hundred goddamn dollars for this goddamn thing. <laughs> That's wild. So is there still a big like uh, audience what? for that stuff? I mean, I'm 350 pounds. I mean, it's Jesus. <laughs> it's but I'm just saying, like, it's so many years after the fact that, like, it's it's a wild move for Marvel, like that they think that they can. You have big names though, like George money. Perez, and, huge uh, names. Yeah. Um, the books coming Kirby out is Sig? well, the book they're coming out with is Sigil, and Sigil's names are uh, not as big as some of their other options they could have went with. Um, one of the best looking books they ever did was Sky On. That one has art by um oh, God damn it, what's his name? Hold on. Going crazy. Fake fan. I guess with that it's just that it's all reprinted material anyway. It's all reprinted so material, just, yeah. They're um, just making money. Jim Chung they have. Jim Chung drew Sky On. And Jim Chung's a great artist. Uh, did a lot of uh did a lot of Avengers at Marvel for a while. That that How seems that? like how does that work with that stuff? I mean, they they don't have the original files. I'm assuming for all that stuff. Well, just... here's the here's the thing about CrossGen. Remember, I'm a bit of a CrossGen mark. CrossGen was one of the first innovators in the digital comic space. Hmm. They were, in fact, part of their downfall was they were too far ahead of the curve on on digital comics. So they digitized everything, and so hmm. presumably all of those files are still out there available. Um, I can tell you from experience, Marvel just put out a reprint book called uh, Cross-Gen Tales. See, apparently Marvel puts out a monthly book called Something Tales, where it's like mm-hmm. a, a four or five issue reprint of just some um, something that's like a, a theme together. So they just mm-hmm. they had a, they had a spot in their schedule and they made a Cross-Gen one that had like five first issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looked fine. It looked great. Uh, it looked just like... Uh, Compared to the uh, the original issues that I got, same print quality. It's fine. Hmm. So they they've got all those files, and and CrossGen was also one of the biggest innovators of digital coloring, and so every single one of, the, one of their books looks amazing. Uh, so I don't expect reproduction is going to be a problem with CrossGen. I remember no. Ruse looked good. It did. It, did. it looked uh, really what good. Was that? Bruce Goose, I think, did that. And Butch guys or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember his last name. It looked good though. <laughs> but um, that he he worked on Megaton. <clears throat> he did. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Um. But it is it is. And my my next point is that there's kind of like a there's a pipeline to comics now. There's there's a very like almost strict anything that's popular follows this trend. First you get the single issues, then you get the five or six issue trade, then you get the 12 or 15 issue deluxe hardcover, and then you get the omnibus collecting like 25 to 50 issues. And, er- and-, and ever since Walking Dead 
Invincible, Saga, most of your big popular titles all follow this trend because all the money in comics is based on selling you the same thing twice. And so keeping things in print in various formats, in bookstores in particular, is where all these publishers make their money. That's why you can never get rid of the single issue monthly because the single issue monthly is what pays for all the your production costs so you can make profit on everything that follows reprint wise. Trailblazer Kirkman. That was that was him. He started yep. that. He sure did. Walking Dead is the format that everybody is copying. Your single issues is what's going to attract your collectors to the guys that are going to buy multiple copies of variants and Sure, sure. Yeah, know, trade trade extra. paper trade paperbacks don't have the the uh a collectability, collectability. but although I would say people that collect the omnibus do now, I, I'm seeing that more. Well, omnibuses are more limited runs, so there are fewer of them, which I guess would make them more collectible. It's crazy. It's uh, fucking just good that comics are just able to do, you know any kind of numbers these days in any kind of medium. Like I'm just happy to see it in bookstores, you know, past the direct market. Uh, I wish they would collect this shit in small manga size, you know, fucking cross gen tried that too. That's part of what bankrupted them. Did they? Yeah. Kirkman they, tried it with a tech jacket. Yeah. Did he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> cross, cross, awesome. <laughs> cross gen is like a perfect <clears throat> example of all the things you could, all of your like uh, ideas, they likely mm-hmm. tried, and it led directly to their death. Yeah. I wonder, I like you said, that. though, if they were just too early, because now manga is so much bigger than it Ma- was. Manga was pretty hot in 2005. The, the, first, the second big anime manga... Well, it was the second anime wave, but the first manga wave. Did Cross Gen do those in color or black and white, though? Co- color. They were color. Oh, that, they were digest-sized. Yeah, that's your fuck up right there. But I also think kids, they just want the Japanese shit, man. They don't want an American Should have been black and white. It, Should have been it, black and white. That's the thing. Is the, the, there's not as much crossover <laughs> as you'd hope. Should have been black and white. Yeah, but... I mean, people complain about the archives being in black and white. Yeah, but I mean, it's Ma- a Ma- different manga format. Our re- manga reader is going to read Savage Dragon just because it's in black and white. Um, no, they wouldn't read it because of the art style. They would right. be like, what is this? So, even though it looks just like Jojo. Mm, this is the North Star. Backhanded. <laughs> Those are not known to be attractive books. <laughs> oh, that's fine. You know what? I don't know if it has manga appeal or not. I mean, maybe it does. Every time I tell anybody about it, this is the frustrating thing about trying to sell this shit for 10 years. Tell them it's America's One Piece. That'll help. Anybody I tell about this gets excited and and thinks it's great. And then they all do the same fucking thing. They all rush to number one. Uh And and they're oh, this is like a 90s book. It's like, no shit, dude. You bought a book from 1992. What the fuck did you think it was going to read like? Like, god damn. I feel like those early issues in Gang War, though, have so many parallels to things like... Uh, One Punch Man or Kaniku Man where just goofy, you know, it's serious and yet goofy and and just off-the-wall characters that... It's all the things people love about the... Dude, when it's my hero, when people are flipping, oh, look, this guy's got a brain! His brain's out! And it's like, yeah, dude, you should read Goddamn Savage Dragon. I've (laughs) seen that five times. Six dudes 
Yeah, six a gorilla dudes. Hitler with a brain. <laughs> yeah, man, and, and it's just like you're exactly correct. Is it like uh, wacky character designs, like funny moments, like oh, it's like a superhero book, but and it's like yeah, you should have been reading Savage sexy Dragon. moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's fucking Kirkman talks about it. He's like tentacles. He's like, I was reading this in 92. He's like, and it just felt like the future. And I'm like, Kirkman fucking saw it. <laughs> like fucking, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's, That's it's the thing. Hard. I think that, you know, anyone new reading this, um, ultimate collection is not going to get that same feeling. There weren't that many comics like Savage Dragon on the stands. It was really, you know, racy for the time. Like when you were a kid and you were like seeing, you know, rapture side boob, you're like, Holy shit. You know, like like this is crazy. Like this is what I want in a superhero. Like this is kind of like real life, kind of outlandish, you know, dragon in a puddle of blood. Right. Like blood, like you were saying, I, I get what you're saying and I agree that you're correct, but there were a lot of DC books that came out in the wake of Watchmen and dark Knight returns that were doing that racy stuff. Mature reader books were kind of in vogue between 86 and 92, but, but the you point, didn't have, you didn't have, you didn't, they didn't have the, the mass appeal that image brought. Were they playing it straight superhero? Like right. so, some of them, a superhero book with that shit. And that's what Larson always says is he's like, it's to bridge the gap between vertigo and DC. He's like, right, you, right, right. Like dragons that middle Marvel. Yeah. Like, you know, he's like, you've got superhero stuff, but then you've got mature content stuff. And it's like, yes, dude, that's fucking, you know, that's the same thing. People, even today, it works. People watch Invincible and they're like, oh my God, his dad went crazy and like beat him up. And it's like, yes. Yeah. I read that, read. uh, 15 years ago. <laughs> but see, it's pretty, such the I, norm I was now. pretty excited about it then too. Mm-hmm. Like yep. I can't hand my kids a superhero comic these days. Like it I just can't because challenge. there's nothing that's like geared towards a 10 year old these days in superhero comics unless you go to the kids section but kids don't want books that are geared like they want like like when you were a kid you just wanted to read books like and there wasn't anything really racy until like things like savage dragon came out and it was like you know and you didn't even know what you were getting into until you opened the pages you know Mm -hmm. um and now that's just kind of normal I've read a few current Marvel books in the last few months, and you could you could hand a kid most of those comics. So here, I would Chainsaw Man. They're they're like super like when my especially well my kid probably handle it now, but when he was like seven or eight, I would open it like a Marvel book. They would be like Wolverine would be like st- stabbing through people. It'd be like ultra violent, and it's like that was just the norm, you know. Uh, and it's like you could give him maybe an issue, but he couldn't collect it because like the, you don't know the next issue was going to have something, you know. And it was just, I mean, comics weren't like that until, you know, maybe mid nineties. I feel like you know, right around the image stuff. Like you could collect New Warriors or Sleepwalker or you know, like when yeah. I started really collecting, none of those books were like ultra violent no, or there were weren't pretty, really they many. Were pretty, very tame, yeah. Guardi- I, I collected New Warriors, Guardians of the Galaxy, Silver Surfer, Amazing Spider Man, and like Sleepwalker and Dark Hawk, maybe you know, like, none of those. Like you look at all those books now, they're they're pretty tame. I heard you what like I- the Dark Dark Hawk. Yes, Dark Hawk. Dark I Hawk. was, I was, what was I? 
Dark God. I was 12 years old in 95, and I was reading Age of Apocalypse, and those books had body counts. And See, that's that's after, like, now they're trying to, like, match, you know, that stuff that came after the image guys and it started mm-hmm. to take a turn, you know. Oh, yes. They absolutely image kind of set the where people were like, uh oh, we got to have red blood. We got to have Wolverine. When, I, you know? when, when you're 10 to 15, you kind of want that in your fiction, though. Remember, I, I was a reader. I'm a book reader. I read The Stand at like 14 years old. Everything I know mm-hmm. about sex, I learned from The Stand and Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King just like, Dare, the kids will love this. I well, I guess I like I know like my son like he's just not ex- like I was exposed to that stuff early. I don't know if that's good or bad. My son has not been as much, and so like ultra violent stuff like it's too like he, he has to ease into it, and like I couldn't right. just give him a, a copy of Savage Dragon. <laughs> you know, he would just be like, "What the fuck?" Get him Fist of the North Star. That's how yeah, I got. I was, I was like, "God heads. damn, <laughs> like, blood geysers get everywhere." <laughs> I mean, I was introduced even to popular, the video game first. Even popular manga, Shonen Jump, like freaking My Hero Academia, can be pretty violent. Uh, Dude, Chainsaw Man, fucking Chainsaw Man isn't is it, it? It may be in Jump. It may have started in Jump, but Chainsaw Man is definitely an older teen book. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. I was reading that and I was just like, God damn, the end of the first thing, he gets cut in the pits and thrown in a dumpster. Yeah. There was a fucking double page spread of lesbian scissoring. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? And, I was that, like, and that book, that, and that did run in a in a comic book that has one piece in it. So that, that okay. um, now the, the, fir- the first half of the series did. The second half is in a different book now. Uh, it, it is definitely considered a mature reader's story now versus what warning you might get boners reading this children <laughs> and not know and not know what the fuck is happening to your body it's, uh, it, yeah it's 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 definitely we're in a post image world man shit's a lot more violent they say fuck on tv i'm just saying it's like everything changed dude you remember like when ninja turtles saying damn was a cuss word yeah. now i was watching the game awards and this this uh, chick was getting interviewed she's like Oh, sorry, my words are slurred. I'm fucked up. And I was like, whoa. Really? And then, like, and then she sings her song, and she's like, the first three lyrics are like, yeah, I don't care if you fuck me. And I'm like, what the hell? What, what is this song I'm hearing? Do you guys remember how mind-blowing it was when Spike swore on the Transformers movie? Didn't he also guys say old damn? Enough? I didn't experience Damn or shit at something like that. I think he said shit. Man. Had I don't to be know. Damn. I, like, I think he, I, well, I think there's he no said way it was shit. shit. There's no way. I think it was damn. I think damn gets said twice in that movie. Once by Ultra Magnus and one by Spike. Raphael said damn, and I remember I thought a cut. You'd have thought a Ninja Turtle said cunt. <laughs> like, just fucking ridiculous. I don't know. It's, I'm just saying. What I don't know what line of thought we're working towards, but yeah, where are we? What, what are we what no, are we Mike said. Uh, Spike says shit. He does. Okay. Yeah. What's the full line? The oh shit! What stop. are we gonna do now? <laughs> Ultra Magnus says, "Damn it, open." Transfer says, uh, "Transformer says shit." The movie. It's the movies. Movies were made different there. back then. Hey, remember? Well, this might. Oh boy, continuity time. Uh oh. I can't. I don't know if this will happen in the past or the future, but at some point in the in the retro podcast, Raven is going to talk to me about a movie called Trancer, and 
and I'll, <laughs> and I watched it uh, the night before we recorded this episode, which may or may not come out before or after when we talk about it in the retro. It's that perfect movie, for the time traveling nature of Trancer. But that movie has the usage of fuck a couple times, and the way they treat it is like it's like they throw it out there like it's oh oh my goodness. I can't uh-huh. believe he said the dirty word in this movie, this sci-fi fantasy movie. <laughs> Fuck! Oh my god! Oh my god! Is that the feel, feel so naughty? <laughs> you watch your mouth, Mister. We might be trying to stop a maniac, but we're not maniacs ourselves. Yeah. Movies were just weird with with language in that time period in the eighties. Um, it was the FCC. Like everything was treated different. Like now we get the internet, and so like they, I think they realize that kids are on YouTube watching YouTubers be like, "Ah, pussy fart," while they yeah. play Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, you, you, <laughs> you know? you, yeah. Gamer words have changed the game. That's why I'm afraid to play anything online. I don't want to get like berated by a ten year old. Ten year old using the N word. It's like stop, children. Where did you learn this? Learned it from you are going you. to hell. PewDiePie. That's where they learned it. They learned it from PewDiePie. That's right. PewDiePie did say the N word. <laughs> Multiple times. Oh. Multiple times. He said who, Craig? Don't worry about who. Yeah. No, I said played. ooh. Oh, ooh. <laughs> um, there was something else. Guys, oh my God, pause. Jim we said, did. Don't worry about who. No, Just shut worry. up, old man. Just stay pause. in your corner. Check it We're out. We're talking I, video games. I know this is random and it's gonna feel like it has no connection to anything. But dear listeners, I have an important Savage Fincast correction. Okay. We we owe Mr. Eric Larson an apology. See, oh, ITV shit. died. Do you know what this is? Are you talking I about? I doubt you do. My TV died. And so I had to go get a new TV, right? Okay. Do you remember the Savage Dragon ep- uh, issue we read where he turns off the TV and the TV does the yeah yeah bro my new tv does that (laughs) really oh really i I bought a 4k Uh, tv and when you turn it off the fucking picture shrinks turns white and then the lines come to the center and it's Oh, I wonder like if fucking you sure someone TV. didn't sell you a CRT TV? No, I, but... I, I think they programmed it to do that, to, to, to invoke the retro feel. Yeah, and when you turn it on, it does it in reverse. It's like... Oh, it's just showing off. off. Yeah, dude. Which, of course, you know, CRTVs never did. You'd turn it on and the image would slowly warm up and appear. I thought you were well, going to say something else about our screw-up on the different variants. We talk about in another episode, but let's not get into that. <laughs> we don't have to. I will say I'm proud that I saw through my perver- my provision saw through the editing. I was like, no, we don't have to get into that. But uh, when I saw when I turned this TV off and it for the first time and it went, did it make the noise too? It doesn't make a noise, Zzz. but it's dude, you hear it. After the, a, the hum, in your head you hear it. Like after a lifetime of like, pew. do you remember when you used to turn TVs on and like you just hear all the the static? Yep. Well, no, not the. But I mean actual static electricity. Like you could hear. Yeah, you rub you your finger on your fingers. Fingers. It zaps you. Yeah. You said the same thing, dude. You can run your fingers and it'd be like. Well, yeah. well, I, even 
less so now, but it is still, it's still, if you, if a TV's on in another room, but you can't hear the sound, you can usually hear the electricity humming. It was more pronounced yeah. with CRTs, but even with uh, LCDs, I think I could still sense them through the walls. Maybe sense not. them through the walls? Yeah, wait, so you, you never had that feeling power. Of, of a TV on in the other room and you just kind of feel the electricity? No. No. In, <laughs> No, no, you're good. That's not a thing. Latent mutant power. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Kind of useless, but still. (laughs) CRT man. I can sense electronic devices in my proximity. (laughs) In the next room. Yeah. You're like that, like a computer speaker when you turn it on, it goes. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I just thought I'd, I, when I, I gasped, I fucking gasped when I turned this TV <laughs> off and it did that. I was like, oh, he was right. <laughs> I felt like I learned that Eric has a Samsung. I was like, oh, fucking Eric must have a Samsung. <laughs> no, he's just doing shorthand. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder. It's a follow up question. God damn, so, dude. So, which way do you guys <clears throat> want to go with this now? Well, you know, it's December. It's, it's, it's been, uh, 30 years of Image celebrating all year, right? Mm-hmm. You think uh, Image celebrated it appropriately? I'm going to say no. No? You don't think it was no. enough? No, I don't think they did enough. No. Not at all. The... Did all the Spawn books launch this year or was that last year? I think it's this Yeah, it was this, this summer, year, right? They did all that Scorched and Spawn universe shit? King Spawn and all that bullshit. No, I don't so think. I think anybody... McFarlane did it right. Yeah, I think he's yes. smart. They, they yeah. just had a um. They just had like a thing where spawns on like every cover of every image book. <laughs> yes, yeah. except yes. one. Yeah, except yeah. Hmm, auspiciously missing. I think I I agree with Craig. I think fucking McFarlane did it right. I brought this up, and what's funny is people got at my ass. They were like, well, McFarlane's just a different kind of guy. He's just more... It's like, no, bro, listen. No one respects the hustle and the fucking grind of Canada caveman McFarlane like me. I mean, that guy's fucking constantly on. He never he never rests. You know, I think that, like, if he was fucking, uh, you know, if his baby was being born, he'd be telling the doctor about Spawn. You know, I thought I'd name this baby after my world record-breaking comic Spawn, but I guess uh, I lost a coin toss. <laughs> anyway, sexy Spawn Sunday. But like, dude, there's just no hustle. But I mean, well, I'm saying like, as a company, there's no hustle. We needed yeah. to have invincible representation. Well, there was Skybound X had a Skybound X was uh, Battle last Beast. Year, <clears throat> was that last year? Sky, well, that's the thing. Skybound X, I think, was a thing for no, last not, year. No, not the the yeah. one standalone issue, oh, Skybound oh. X. It was Skybound whatever it was. Was that X? Uh, no, it was something else where it they had enough. the anthology series. But it this year enough. they had just Skybound X. It oh. wasn't. It was, one, it was a one-shot. Was I'll, it a one I'll stand by what I'm with saying. With Battle uh, Battle Beast. No, no. Okay, okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, so yeah. <clears throat> I, I didn't realize this. So Skybound X ran five issues last year, and then, yeah, Skybound mm-hmm. X 25 came out this year with the Battle Beast. Story. Okay, yeah. So that's that's a funky way of doing things, but actually, right. I think it, I th- it must be a reference to uh, when, uh, remember when, was it Liefeld? It must have been Liefeld. What was the series? 
uh, blood blood strike, not blood strike, blood strike brutalies. Blood. Sorry, oh, I'm when tra- he came, when when he came back and just recontinued his books, so he did. Uh... Well, I think at some point, blood strike jumped from whatever issue it was to issue twenty five. And then like, I know they, they it, didn't, it didn't. It didn't. They it was had a, a bunch of issues, and then Tim Seeley drew a bunch of issues the same time that like this was back the in the 90s. came out with Supreme. Oh, then I don't know. Uh, let me just verify this. See, Bloodstrike, nineteen ninety three. Yeah, I feel like there was a thing where Bloodstrike, like really early on, like in the teens, suddenly like. Put out issue twenty five, which like had a bunch into of like the future. into the future, and then then they went back and they backfilled all the issues. Oh, all right, to you could that. be right on that. That and I think, familiar. And, I, and that make that makes me think this uh, this uh, the Skybound X is a direct reference to that. Gotcha. To jog your memory, Craig, that was the whole reason Fife did his yeah issue was to continue. It never got continued. Right, he filled in issues twenty three and twenty four, I believe. That's why he did the brutalists. To fill in the gap that never right. finished. Right. So because gotcha. Bloodstrike continued till issue 22, stopped. So you never got those two issues to actually bridge the gap to issue 25, which is what yep. FIFA came in to do. Gotcha. It's, go- it's goofy, but it explains why this Skybound X is issue 25. I'm just going to repeat what I said, though. So, Dude, they didn't do enough. Right. No. But have you – have both or e- either of you read Image – Exclamation point! Yes, no. Uh, not every story, but I've collected it and read a few so, of them. So I wasn't immediately interested in it, but I did end up buying a bunch of issues and finally started reading them. Image, the series, Image Exclamation Point, is actually the independent, creator-owned anthology series I've always wanted. Okay, because I'm a big fan of anthologies. I love anthologies. I'm a big 2080 guy a big Shonen Jump guy. But I always have trouble with anthologies for American English. I just have trouble with anthologies uh, in North America, primarily because a lot of anthologies just do a lot of done-in-one stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and when you have a lot of done-in-one stories, there's no hook to keep you coming back for the next issue. Okay, sure. I, Image, the 12-issue the celebration series, has a bunch of serialized stories in it. And every one of them ends on cliffhangers. There's, most of them are structured to keep me coming back issue after issue. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine it was easy to organize because of the you know of all the realities of creator-owned comics. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because it, 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 whoever put it together must have been a saint because I mean, <laughs> we had to hurt so many cats to get our anthology off the ground. Mm-hmm. But to do it for twelve issues for an entire year—that's nuts. I what I do like about the anthology is it's a mix of old and new. The the image one, the new one. I at first was like, eh, I'm not so sure about this. It seemed like a lot of guys I just wasn't in, you know, didn't know them, you know, well at all. But there's a couple of really cool stories. I mean, the Tim Seeley one we we're talking about is kind of a love letter to early '90s comics, where he pulls out like all the. Super Patriot and Bloodstrike and, you know, those guys, uh, uh, Shadowhawk, and he d- writes them really well. And then um, Joe Casey and Nathan Fox have a Dutch comic. Do you remember that Dutch, the guy with, like, the techno shit all over his head? Mm-hmm. That's yes. a fun-ass comic. 
uh, strip in this anthology too. And then there's like a lot of like new shit. That's kind of cool. Even like Dean Haspiel's got his stuff in there. That's another older one. Um, but there's, there's some good new stuff in there as well. Um, and, and that's part of why I liked it. Cause it did have, yes, the familiar stuff, but it also had the new stuff that could very well stand on its own, been its own comic. Uh, and it's a huge mix. There's, there's black and white mix. stuff. There's color. I don't feel like it was solicited. Like, yeah. are they making any but, noise about this? No. Oh, and, you know, there was some Radiant Black stuff in there, too. So, like, new superhero comics, old superhero comics, no superhero comics, non-hero comics. But there was no real fanfare, I feel. I feel like the image, like, marketing department stinks. Like, yeah, sure. I am a huge Image Comics fan. And I am surprised when shit comes out. Like, I'm like, yeah. I didn't know that was coming out. Like, why the hell don't they put house ads in more, you know, or a checklist of things or, uh, you know what I mean? Like, just uh, why do they, why do they wait to promote things until like the week before it goes on sale? Like, or I'll give you where another one. is the hype on this stuff? I don't understand it. I'll give you another one, something I've been saying forever. And I know that like the answer before I even ask it is somebody say, well, that might step on diamonds toes. Hey, I fucking doubt it. So here goes anyway, you know, remember five page previews, collect all the fucking five page previews and put them up as a free PDF on the internet. Bammo. That'll be a thing. That's like, if you add all those little five pagers for every single image thing, there's your fucking anthology. And yeah, it's not like the same as an anthology, but it's to give you a fucking taste of all the books image has coming out in a month and like to try and just generate hype. Like, yeah. The one thing when Eric was a publisher, he, he had like a bullpen page, which I always thought was cool. I like those things with like the checklist and a focus on a spotlight on something every yes. week and a little write up, like build some community with like the image comics people. Like, I don't know. Like it just, it's so like, I don't know. I, I know a lot of people are kind of like annoyed with it. I'm pretty sure like, Michelle Fife was pretty annoyed with the way like Cooper was handled and stuff. I don't want to speak for him because I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm insinuating based on some of the stuff I've seen. But I know like some like I feel like some creators are hyped up that already like are, you know, household names. And then you've got other creators that just don't get the the hype or the push. And it's like, wh why? Like, what? I, I don't know. They just maybe they got limited resources and that's the problem. And but it I just think, seems like there's lots of free avenues to like push this stuff. I think that if you have uh, even just a podcast, I mean, goddamn, an official image podcast where someone staff they could bring in every one of their creators in and just talk about their book. Bada bing. I mean, I listen to podcasts yeah. all the time while I that, draw, that, while I drive. That would probably in truth be the most effective marketing tool do it an email up. newsletter yeah no absolutely J jim you say that but dude thanks to the collapse of social media newsletters have gone the fuck up oh, okay well that's fair enough dude i get all, constant email things on like for my all the record labels i follow sure. and thank god like when i get a notice an email oh this new record's coming out i jump on to go get like the first like whatever like it's a limited edition record that i like or something like that like i jump on it and and make they make that sale that i would not know of I, otherwise i do follow a single band's new uh, email newsletter so 
You're not wrong. I don't know. There's, it doesn't. It doesn't take much. There's you could tools. actually just make a newsletter on the website and just link it up. <laughs> the, I mean, a blog, a blog, regular post, a blog yeah. post. I don't. I just don't get it. Like, there's just no effort when I look at it. I'm like, well, <sighs> gotta remember Image's whole premise. Image's whole premise is it's a place for creators to go to have control and. Having part of having control is having control of your own self promotion. And so, but I don't, I don't I let think... me say, I digress. If I'm in charge of my own self promotion, then there's no reason to have an image. Like to be right. to have an image eye on the cover is not just for fun and clout. It's like they should handle just like <laughs> some of this free marketing that you could do, which is to say, listen, I mean, there's not even like we have to be hypothetical about this. Comic collectives have existed since dial-up. So I've been part of several comic collectives, and it helps. You want to know what it helps? It's strength in numbers. Common sense, right? So it's like, okay, if you're part of this comic collective, Image Comics, and they're not doing anything to represent the collective, then you're still on your own, basically. And it's like, that's not good, especially when there's all kinds of free things you can do. You got a YouTube channel? All right, even if it's not popping... You could put stuff on it. You know, you got a Twitter account with like a million followers or something. What is it? It's not a million though, isn't it? Isn't it like 600,000 or something? <laughs> but like I'm saying, that's more than Joe Blow has. There are guys that have image books that have like, you know, 3,000 followers and stuff. If if an account like Images really tweeted their shit and was like, hey, this is coming out. Like, you know, don't miss it. It's going to be great. Even if you don't feel that way, just just gas it up, you know. Because it is part of the company. If these books do good, Image does good. There's an incentive to promote the books. Do you right, do so. you think their marketing person is a full time person? That might be the problem. It might be a, just a random staffer. Hey, hey, Ginger, go grab the Twitter. Well, they have a PR know. person, like right. th- with a title. I'm just wondering if it's like a part time. I don't think they have an office staff anymore. I think everything is remote at this point. And here, and this is all I'll say. We'll take it all the way back to the did they do enough for the 25th anniversary. Hey, look, man. Like, I'm saying as an Image fan, as somebody who loves Image, part of why I love Image. You mean image, 30th anniversary. 30th anniversary, yeah. Right. As somebody who fucking loves Image, part of what I originally loved is just that it felt cohesive, even though it was a bunch of different guys. And so it's like, even though you can't really make Radiant Black and what is ice cream man? (laughs) You can't make those two books necessarily fit in the same like continuity. You could have just the overall Shonen Jump excitement of like, Hey, every one of these Shonen Jump titles, it's a Shonen Jump title. Like you're going to, that right there is immediately lets you know. It's like, you might not know fucking shit about Dr. Stone, but if you know, it's a Shonen Jump title, you immediately know that it's probably good. Because you like other Shonen Jump titles like Dragon Ball and One Piece and all this shit. It could be the same way with Image. Like, it could be like, hey, you know, you might not fucking necessarily want to read Radiant Black, but if you like Invincible, yeah, you probably do, you know, want to read it. Just a little effort, extra 10%, you know, whatever. But no, I don't think they did enough. I mean, I get the question. This is the follow up question. What would you guys have liked to have seen them do, you know? For their thirtieth anniversary, what like what would have been nice? Just a would have been. I mean, it's more a hard savage question. dragon comics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's a hard thing to ask because again, you got to think of image as what they what they are. Image can't do anything. 
without having creators come to them with their own projects. Image only owns Image Eye. They, they can't go out to their creators and say, well, I guess they can go out to their creators and say, hey, we want to do this Image anthology. Do you want to be part of it? Yeah. And that's about the most you can or... do. Or if you want to do a 10th anniversary hardcover, go to your founders and go, hey, we want to do this 10th anniversary hardcover. Who's in? Uh, that kind of thing. But is, did either of you guys remember what they did for their 20th anniversary or 25th? Did they do anything special? I can't recall. Which one was the hardcover? That was the 10th. That was the 10th was anniversary the 10th. hardcover. That, that came went to the like third, the 15th. Third, 15th. <laughs> I yeah. think that's why there's no let's get the image families when, together. They know. I, I when was... I, um, I don't, was Image United 20? That's what I was going to ask, yeah. Maybe. When, what, what year? So that's, it had to be so, around there. So we're 0 for 2. This is actually the most successful one. When did they start doing their like <laughs> image fan expos? I don't know. They did that for like a good five years, I feel like. Mm-hmm. They had their own convention. They don't have a Wikipedia entry, so I can't tell you. I even think that if they just like did some branding, just branding... Like, you yeah. know, oh, it's our 30th anniversary. Just a big golden, you know, like, I don't know. Just fucking. <laughs> when I see things, when I see things like, here's a trailer for a new Ghost Rider comic. Right. Or or here's a trailer for a new whatever. It's like, hey, man, well, maybe well, as well, part of, Image is still a company. Even though they don't own anything, they're still right. a company that wants to make money. Right. You still need marketing. Any, any business needs marketing. Well. Let me just Maybe. say this. This year, Image Comics <clears throat> has put out some amazing comic books. Like, fucking astonishingly good comic books. This has been mm-hmm. a great year for Image in terms of just quality books. Just wildly excellent. Uh, so, that while they may not have... While they may not have promoted themselves very well, they've certainly stepped up their game in terms of quality, uh, I would say this year fair i mean i've got a list of my favorite comics this year and 80 percent of them uh, are image comics that started this year i think my number one favorite image comic this year was um super freaks (laughs) you're biased no (laughs) it was the most fun to work on i'll tell you that Oh Lord! Um, yes. We we made we we made the biggest 30th anniversary image splash. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. We did <laughs> for Savage Dragon. At least you know what we timed it so at least we did something fun for Savage Dragon. I think that was a miracle of our 10th anniversary hitting when it was so needed, <laughs> when it when it was needed the most. <laughs> like it I just... know, I I know we podcasted enough about this but i will say that was a highlight this year getting that out is fucking from beginning of the seeds of this project and talking about it from it just being a you know a thing we're gonna self-publish and give out as a prize and not knowing the quality of it to getting it printed at image was quite a freaking story like that is an accomplishment yeah, I honestly, like, in terms of, like, uh, you know, just the positive feedback we received. Like, I was scared that people were going to be, like, super shitty, you know, just dunk all over us. And like, I mean, I'm, 
God, sorry. I only hear good things. I just imagine if someone told me, "Yo, this was going to get be, be an image comic." When we first started thinking about this, I would not have believed it. Mm-mm. And uh, I think when you look, even I mean, I mean, I hate to be shitty, but I mean, <laughs> it is who I am. Uh, if you look at, <laughs> if you look at, like, I think Super Freaks was cooler than Shadowhawks. Little thing. I, I yeah, well, there was another one that that's talking about anniversary stuff. The Last Shadowhawk. Do you, yeah. you think that was written specifically for the thirtieth anniversary of Image? Oh yeah, yeah, that absolutely for sure. was. He wanted to just do something to represent Shadowhawk in the thirtieth anniversary. For yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah, I think that was thirtieth anniversary fodder. You know what I, I don't? Is... You know what I don't hear about? You know, so so Valentino did his Shadow Last Shadowhawk. At the mm-hmm. very least, Eric got Super Freaks, although even if he didn't plan it, he got it. It was our gift mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Liefeld remastered his books. McFarlane, of did course, he? had all those books. What did Liefeld do? He remastered, like, prop. remember he had a bunch of, like, different oh, artists draw right. a page of Prophet and maybe right. one, something I remember else. those. Was it just right. Brigade. I feel like Brigade. Who were those for? Maybe. But yes, so so he's. Oh, who are those? What you're just asking, Grittard? Who would? I don't know. I didn't buy it, but. But yes, he did do that. (laughs) I haven't heard anything from the Sylvester camp. Did Top Cow do anything? He drew a Batman. Still around? Like, do they put out? He drew. He drew a goddamn Batman comic. I, I'm pretty sure Top Cow comics come out every month. I I think I see a which comic. What? Wait a minute. Cyber Force. They did a Cyber Force Kickstarter. Oh, yeah, okay. they did. Yeah, they didn't make. I don't think it was anything new. But it was I just like was, an omnibus, right? Yeah, and I think it was a kickstarted omnibus at that, which chaps my ass a little. Does he need that? Like that's weird, right? Isn't that weird? That's weird. Oh, doesn't McFarland do kickstarters for his action figures? Oh yeah, I mean that's it's weird when he does it, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, do I, I don't, this? I don't, I, th- I don't think it's weird. I think it's just a, a more efficient way to do pre-orders. Does Top Cow have a book that comes out on the regular? I thought they did, but you know what? I don't know if I've seen one in a while. I, I have thought, not seen I, one. I know Witchblade relaunched a couple of years ago. I don't know if it's still going. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck's yeah. going on with the darkness. Can I just say, I don't ever want to hear you say, Eric's got a publishing company again. If you're going to say Top well, Cow uses Kickstarter as <laughs> just sorry. an efficient way to do pre-orders. <laughs> well, let, let, me, let me explain that. It's one thing having a publishing co- having a publishing company means you can get the book printed. It doesn't mean you can get the book produced. You got like Top Cow can't get it printed. You don't know what their status is. Like as we say, they don't even appear to have any ongoing comics right now. Shadowline's got more. His model right hot now. wife. He's doing fantastic. Mark <laughs> Silvestri's doing great. Well, saying. he's getting all that deadly duo money from fucking DC. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's doing he's doing just fine. Yeah, de- de- Batman Deadly Duo is his image 30th anniversary project. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't want to say that Sylvester's doing good, but let's just say that like if you I don't know, hid in a basket and stabbed him with a katana through the heart, I'm pretty sure his uh robot head would sprout drone wings and fly to safety back to his mansion where it would launch, land into the new body to seek revenge. He's rich. He's got rich robot body. That's what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying. He's good. He's good. But yeah, he's the only only one that really didn't do anything, right? 
as Kickstarter. Best, as, as, well, yeah, but again, well, I guess not. he's got the the omnibus for Cyber Force. That's it. That I think. But what about like what's fight? You know, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna say it. Jim Lee, have you fallen so far? Can you not fucking even acknowledge that the goddamn thing you were a part of 30 years ago is still good? Yeah, it's all owned by DC. and it's yeah. He put out Wildcats. He just rebooted Wildcats. It's true. There is a new Wildcat series, but he's not involved in that one. But yeah, it's but still <laughs> Wildcats. I'm just saying, get off your golden throne, high atop DC Tower, draw one cover with your bros. He did for Image your... United. Did he? Yeah. I don't remember. Uh-huh. Good he for did. him. That was uh, 10 years ago. I don't care about a Jim Lee cover. He can keep <laughs> me can keep either. Him. But I mean, he should do something. Does nothing for saying. me. Bah. You know, I guess when I wasn't looking, Top Cow just kind of went away. Weird. No, they, they're still around. I mean, they're they around. I think they went away a long time ago. They're, they're gone? They, uh, well, they're the not gone, comic, gone. I remember. They're not publishing like, anything. Right. Remember, uh, Silvestri and Kirkman worked on that stealth comic. Stealth? The, You're there right, was the there Witchblade. was Top Cow. So there was stealth. There was the Witchblade anime. I mean, things Raven, are happening. Raven, the Witchblade anime is almost 20 years old. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying they didn't just go away. Like, they did things. <laughs> 20 I'm years ago. about on. recently. Witchblade oh, anime wow. was from 2006. Someone so, can be born so not, and 20 years old since they did <laughs> So not 20 years ago is what you're telling me, right? Thank you. Right. I was correct. Fucker. You fucking wait fucker. No, wait a minute. Stealth is actually not Top Cow. The, the original, like, uh, uh, um, season, whatever that one shot was where they tested the waters, that was Top Cow. Yeah. But Stealth, yeah. the series, was Skybound. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah. I was going to say, I remember it done Kirk- with... But so, the first one was like a pilot. The pilot, the pi- like yeah, the pilot season one shot. That was Top Cow for sure. But that was also like ten years before Stealth the series. Goddamn, Top Cow's gone. That's a weird world we live well, in. I, I'm not saying it's gone, gone. I'm just saying they aren't publishing anything right now. They're probably just dormant. So it's just weird that they didn't do anything for the thirtieth when they had the opportunity to uh, pump that gas. Last time they had solicitation, I'm looking at the Top Cow website, was okay. on their website, looks like April 2021. And they had. It's not too long ago. Wow. I don't know any of these. Helm Grey Castle was the so, only thing. I do vaguely remember Siphon being a thing. The Complete Cyber Force Volume 1 was November 2021. A Cyber Force Talent Hunt 2022. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, they're just going quiet. That's unfortunate. Well, it's not unfortunate because I don't really care because I don't care about Top Cow. But it is. They're, they were such a, like, they were always there. You could always count on them to be around. To just, they were to prolific. See, they were prolific. There was always a Witchblade or Darkness or Tomb Raider comic on Fathom. the stands. Fathom. And they just stopped coming out at some point. Weird. Weird indeed. Because you, you think of them in the same way you think of McFarlane, that they're just always going to be around. Boy, there's a guy who just is doing good. You talk about having a drone head. He's got like 
different parts of a drone head. Like, he could, like, modular man, like, come apart. Like, if you stabbed him in the eye, like, the eye part would just get replaced, you know. I'm saying that McFarland man, he's making all the moves. I read, this is a perfect segue into this, I read uh, Spawn versus Batman. Yeah. It's, hor- it's horrible. This horrible. is horrible. It's awful. It's, I it's didn't even be- realize that came out. Is, so, is that a DC book? Yeah. It's a one one shot, yeah. Out for, and Published by DC. came out this week. And let this cook your noodle. There were Spawn variants on non-Batman and Spawn comics. Yep. Yes, there were. It's a whole thing. So, so there, there, there are going to be spawn covers at Image, and there's going to be spawn covers at DC. Yes. <laughs> like, what a what a marketing genius! Like, what yuck. what is it on DC? There are spawn. So there's Spawn versus Batman, which is an actual full comic, right? But there's Spawn and other character variants. Like, I'm walking along the wall and I see Spawn and Superman. I'm like, huh, what's this? I flip it open. It's got nothing to do with Spawn. He's inside like, a Superman comic cover, no, or he's on, on a cover. Superman comic. They're various just, covers, just on the cover. Nothing. So to he's do he's got he's on the Image variant covers and the DC variant covers. Yes. How did you pull that off? Because he's a fucking magician. Madonna's bra is like. Full does the Spawn have that much pull? Like, <laughs> does it sell that much that they're like, this is a? Check, check the check the text chat, Craig. I got a link for you. Oh, yes. I know. Spawn, Spawn has consistently sold tens of thousands of <clears throat> copies over its entire lifetime. It has a very strong buyer base that has always been loyal. So, yeah. I don't, I, I don't understand why, but it's just always been the case. And so Todd, ever since issue 300, has leveraged that fandom into this big media push. <laughs> Dude, well, that's what I'm I, saying is... Go ahead. I just I get why because he's the books come out consistently. So there's people out there that will buy a book because it comes out consistently, unless it turns to utter dog shit. I mean, right. there that's debatable. I mean, yes, there there's it, it never like the quality never kind of dropped. Oh shit! I'm I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Do you see all these covers? It I was still that. professional grade and. The way it, it was look, printed, and it looks pretty. Yeah, oh, wow, a, I bought, a so I bought cover for do a power bomb. Fuck. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Yes. There is. What's that? There's a spawn cover for that. For do a power bomb issue seven. Yeah. Oh shit. I read Spawn versus Batman, and it's beautiful. I mean, the art is beautiful because it's Capullo pencils. So he's the one doing the shot framing and the composition and stuff. Not McFarlane. But it's McFarlane inks over Capullo pencils. And it's more importantly, it's McFarlane writing. Guys, I'll give you a million dollars if you can guess what Spawn is still upset about in, His wife. in this comic. His wife? Oh my god, you win! <laughs> you win! Uh, it's still uh, still upset about Wanda! God damn! Jesus. And like, well, that's what people like too. It's just like the same, like oh, like people that just want to have a dragon as a cop. It's like they're just happy he hasn't changed. If if Wanda, is, dragon is, is Wanda still in heaven, or did they resurrect her? I I could try to tell you this story, but you would literally be dumber by the end of the conversation. Okay, like uh, let's just say that like I don't think that this comic actually matters to the continuity of Spawn or Batman. 
Gotcha. It it has a nod to the original time they met, but clearly the DC universe has been rebooted since several Spawn, times. Yeah, since Spawn met Batman, there've been uh, like fifty crises, so they don't really properly pay attention to anyone's continuity necessarily. Court of Owls is involved. There's dimensions, <laughs> like several times. There's like, oh, if you stand here, you don't have any powers, Spawn. But if I stand over there, you can kill me because you have your powers back. So you come over here. No, you come over here. And that's a plot point that gets used several times. And I want to die because that's literally shit we did as kids. When I was a kid, I'd be like, well, this is my magic zone. If you come in the magic zone, I'd kill you in one punch. So come over here. Well, no, over here, I could kill you in one punch. You come over here. No. Very compelling. It's horrible. It is horrendous. And Wanda, I just want to spoil it for you, but maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. Wanda's in it. I'll just say that. And, and Spawn's still trying to save that bitch. I hate it. I goddamn hate it. I hate it so much. There, there are ten Spawn variants in the DC line. <laughs> Fucking insane. That's what I'm saying. Is this goddamn marketing genius? Like, why is he fucking around with comics? He could do marketing for like any product in the world and become a billionaire. And I'm his, sure he's rich. And don't forget his toy lines do gangbusters. He does all he, the DC, he, he does all the DC toys now. And you know, talking about a 90s costume. <laughs> yes. You know, people are fine with that. They love it. In fact, they love it. It's iconic. <laughs> but it's not it's so big spikes everywhere, chains, boots like It is I mean, it definitely looks different, but What's funny? Fucking giant really- ass cape is still like fine. Like people have no problems with that. Fucking mile long cape. This is barely related, but there was a comic uh, on Twitter where the it was doing a Kickstarter is a new original comic, wink wink. But it was very much when I saw it, I said, "Huh, Blue Spawn," and I was like, "This is very much." And then they had a variant by like Capullo, and it was clear that Capullo had just drawn Spawn and they colored it blue. Like he's so in the shadows, but like that you can't see any spawn insignias, but it's just a cape and like spires and shit. And then I was like, God damn, this is like borderline copyright theft. Like, how is this legal? And then I scrolled up. They had a poll on their Twitter and it said, who would win in a fight? Uh, Blue Hawk or spawn? Is that what they called? Blue Hawk? No, I was just making up a, I didn't want to call anybody out, you know? Okay. I just want to see a Spawn cover where his cape is just, like, covering the other character. Just blown over the other character. <laughs> All I know <clears throat> is that uh, I think McFarlane should be in charge of Image's marketing department. And I think that he should, like, promote. Because <laughs> he's, like, the promotion genius. How in the goddamn fuck Yeah, but he, just p- he would just piss people off. He would say shit and get everyone all fired up. Maybe he would. Maybe he wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's That's, definitely doing something right to keep. He keeps his spawn character in the spotlight continuously, and against all odds. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. If you if you make your character appear appear prolific, people will believe he's popular. Thirty years of Wanda and and clown and violator. <laughs> Well, and Malbolgia. <laughs> say the line, Bart. What, what is it? No, it's a, it's a Simpsons reference. No, I know I that, just, but I mean, what's McFarlane line? 
his, his, his line is just keep doing the same thing he's been doing for 30 years. Yeah. I hope yeah. we're right though. Like I hope it's just I don't read the comic and don't know, and I'm like people that shit on Savage Dragon. Oh, but I still read, doing this. But or... I read Spawn versus Batman this evening. It's the same shit, and it was horrible. <laughs> it was bad writing, like I, bad I, jokes. I, I do hear like Scorched and some of those other spinoff books are okay, and the art actually looked pretty good in <clears> Scorched. <throat> I might I might actually take a look at that if it ever goes on sale, but uh, I'm not in a hurry. Here's the thing: like, what's left now? Like, what scorched King Spawn, the Gunslinger, and regular Spawn? Is that what King King Spawn? There's scorched King Spawn, Spawn the Gunslinger. By the way, they're referenced in the Batman Spawn crossover. Oh, they are. Okay, it's like like, of course because it's sales, it's marketing. You know, you got to get them in there, right? But like, uh, I'm I'm going to make you guys read that. You know, okay. can I can I just say this? This is the difference. Are you ready? I feel like I could give you an individual issue of Savage Dragon, and you could read it. And even if you didn't like it, you would find some quality to it that was good, right? I feel like if I give you any random issue of Spawn, not only is it going to be the same as the other random issues of Spawn, but you are going to run into some clunky goddamn bullshit. I mean, I don't know how you drag down Capullo art is incredible. I don't know how you drag down. I'm reading this, and I'm like, God damn, this is pretty cool looking. And then I'm like, oh, this is so bad. There's a line There's a line where they're trying to find leads. Spawn and Batman are both trying to hunt down leads. And it leads them both to the Joker, right? Okay. <laughs> and Joker says, oh, you guys misheard. They weren't saying Joker. They were saying Joker. As in Joseph. And I was like, no. I hate what I'm reading. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I, cannot, I cannot believe that, that was put into a real comic. Like, unbelievable. <laughs> they were saying Joker. They were saying Joe Kerr. K-E-R. Calling Mr. Kerr, Mr. Joe Kerr. Uh, yeah, one table for Joe Kerr. No, not Joker. I know you heard that, but I said Joe Kerr. Get me off this planet. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know how the fuck this happens or what. I don't know. <clears throat> all right, let's move on from uh, yes. shitting all let's over Let's talk Spawn. about comics we like. Um, <laughs> so, like I said, there was a shit ton of Image Comics out this year that ruled. Did you guys read any of them? Yeah, Not I yet. read a ton of them. Not you read, Craig. Uh, I would say probably my favorite comic for the year, besides Super Freaks, which also an image comic, mm-hmm. would be um, Do a Powerbomb. I, I loved it. I thought it was everything that comics should be. And I'm not even a huge wrestling fan, but it, it was more than that. It almost was like, again, like a Kaneko Man type cosmic wrestling with a yep. great ending to that story. And the art is absolutely... Not not a better dynamic artist out there than uh, DWJ. Yeah, he's a do a power bomb. I'm only four or five issues in. I haven't finished it yet, but it, it, so it is, I won't spoil it. But the they the ending is good. It's a good I, ending, no doubt. I, I, don't, I don't think Daniel Warren Johnson has had done a bad ending yet. Um, he's got so much heart in his work. The the, the ending of his stories are always are always uh, heartfelt. Really, well, really this kitchen. does this 
keeps it going. Yeah. Give it a number rating. How do you feel on a scale of 10? Uh, I give it a 9 or a 10. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. Like, it, I didn't know where it was going the whole ride. Like, there was lots of twists and turns. Uh, not lots, but there were a couple of real big twists where it was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't it finished it, and I'd say it's easily straightforward. Nine. You're going to laugh. Yeah. Listen to how uh, lucky I am. I bought every issue. They're all right back there. I haven't read any of them, so I'm going to get to read them one right after another. Turn your ass around and get to work. (laughs) What was your favorite image book? Well, my favorite is probably Rogue Sun. Rogue Sun is one of those uh, super massive. Rogue Sun, I think, does... See, I'm not a big fan of Radiant Black, the main series. I think it's got good ideas, but I think it's pacing problems, keep it from greatness. I Um, can agree with that. I think we're 20 issues in, and I still don't really care what's going on. In Radiant Black, but Rogue Sun, I want to say this is not quite hyperbole. I think it could be as good as Invincible. Ooh! As far as like teen superheroes stories go, it it's got the script flip that I demand from all my favorite superhero <laughs> comics, and it's got a good one. And it doesn't take fucking twelve issues to get to it like Radiant Black does. For the listeners, yeah. Craig is shaking his head vehemently. No, I agree. And the art is spectacular. Oh, it's um, so good. I love that it's set in New Orleans, so it's not just another New York or Chicago or you know whatever big city. It's got that little bit of different flavor to it. And it's tied in with the Massiverse, so it feels like, you know, familiar. It's, t- it's, it's tied in, but it, but in it the do- issues, doesn't. In the, in the issues I've read, it hasn't really impacted anything being connected. They had uh, that they, big one, that one big crossover one shot book, and that and that was interesting because we, because again, like Rogue Son, the series is about a teenage superhero taking on the mantle. In mass, in uh, Supermassive, it was the father that we got to know, uh, right before the events of the series, and that was actually pretty interesting to me because I did not, right off the bat, I did not expect this to be a generational story because I wasn't really totally sure what to expect from Rogue Son. So right mm-hmm. off the bat, it's got an interesting hook because yeah, of that, I, because of that super massive one shot teeing it up. I thought that mm-hmm. was a good idea too because like the super massive one shot gave you a taste of what Rogue Sun was like without interfering with the Rogue Sun story, right? You know, so you still got to see the character, but it was you know the father instead of the son, um, and that way you don't have to read that to understand the actual series. Um, but it's, it's well done. It's the best. It's probably the best book of all the Massiverse books. I loved radiant red. Radiant red I thought is the, very good. The artwork was probably some of the best I've seen in a while. Like who is Raven, have you looked at? I, I don't know. It's amazing. It's really got some manga amazing. influence. I would say, um, very strong, but cartooning. not quite. Yeah. Cool. Very you should, cool. You should check it out if you haven't it's, checked it out yet. Uh, even if it's some of the not, best artwork I've seen. Even if you're not in high in Radiant Black, Radiant Red's worth reading. Uh, new series, yeah. Radiant, Radiant Pink, just started too. I suspect that one's pretty good too, but I haven't read it yet. I've got the issue. I have not read it. Um, I do like Radiant Black. I I start off like the new, the current storyline. I'm kind of falling off a little bit, and I've okay. haven't 
read, but they had one issue. Um, so one thing I really like that I'm enjoying about the Massiverse is how much energy that they're putting in this universe and hype. Talk about like marketing and hype. Like they've got their own website. They put out like um, special books every once in a while. They put out like merchandise, shirts. They're hyping it up, kind of like a sky mini Skybound in a way. Yes. Um, and they're doing a good job with that. So like, even though titles aren't interacting right now, I find myself buying them because I'm buying into this universe and I want to like. Me too. You know, Very I like similar. I like superhero universes. I, That's I'm cool. St- I'm, I'm still reading Radiant Black off the back of the other titles being so. Good. Yeah. And then That's they've cool. got Dead Lucky that came out. I, I don't know if you're reading that. Dead Lucky's pretty good, too. I, I, I'm not reading it as one of my favorites for the year. I think it's kind of okay. Uh, but it, is, it, has, it can go places. It, it's still got space to go. I think there's only like four issues out. Uh, but I don't hate it. I like it enough to keep reading it. It's, this is the thing. It's filling a hole for me. Like I want to read superhero comics, but I don't want to. I don't want to get into Marvel or DC. Like I like. I, it's filling in the universe, the um, invincible hole for me right now. And maybe Savage Dragon, since there's been really no Savage Dragon comics this year. So one book that really surprised me this year, which uh, was not, I was, in, I was not expecting to like as much as I have, is uh, is uh, Chip Zdarsky's Public Domain. Um, oh, cool. Public- it, it's um, it's a it's kind of like a commentary on creator rights, comic mm-hmm. book creator because it's about a comic book creator. Uh, it's about hmm. one of the co-creators of one of the world's most popular superheroes. Um, it, well, it's, it's about both both the co-creators. One of them who became kind of a sellout, and the other who kind of got for, left behind. Uh, and it, it, it's just kind of about like what do you really care about when it comes to your creations? Is it about the money? Is it about the fame? Or is it just the, the desire to tell stories with the character you created? A McFarlane versus Larson scenario. Yeah, in a lot of ways. I, I recommend it just because it's such a unique story. It, it's not by it's not autobiographical by any means, but it feels like it is. I guess I would say, I mean, it's it's commentary kind of on our oversaturated superhero multimedia landscape is, is kind of its whole premise. That sounds very interesting. It, it is. And uh, Zdarsky is definitely somebody, a, a creator that I can uh, really recommend because I, I don't think I've read a bad Zdarsky uh, comic yet. What's, what's his other image books that he has out? <sighs> he wrote a issue of Crossover, which was also one right. of the best issues of Crossover. I can't remember what else he's done at Image, but I primarily yeah. know him from his writing uh, Spider-Man Life's, uh, Life Story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, a bunch of other Marvel books. Sidebar, did you drop off of Crossover? No, I finished it to the end. I like it. I like Crossover. You liked it? Okay. It was, mo- it was one of my favorite books of last year. Yeah. I um, it wasn't perfect, I I but I, I, I liked what it was going for. I think it... it kind of nailed it i kind of wanted to come back because it doesn't feel like it's finished in fact it ends on a cliffhanger so you drop off craig i heard that like the sales weren't there so it's not going to come back but that sucks i could be wrong i feel like i heard that somewhere i um i bought every issue i read i bought every issue intent to read every issue and i got i feel like four issues in and i kind of just lost interest and i still feel like i owe it because i bought them to finish it 
And I found this year, I think we talked off the air a little bit, Raven, but I feel like I'm in the same boat as you. Like I bought a, like a lot of comics I didn't read this year. And I've got to get into my stack. I never do that. And it's like I, I, I don't like doing it because if I find out I don't like a comic, then I've just wasted money. But oh yeah, so I got I got some question marks sitting in that heap. <laughs> it's one of, one of the biggest benefits of being digital, like me, is that you don't get stuck with books you didn't read. Right. You don't have to buy them until you're ready to read them. Uh, so the other image book he did was Stillwater, which uh, I'll be actually I'll be honest I I read that for like ten issues and I did drop it so that one didn't grab me as much. That was about a, a, a isolated town of immortals. It was a whole thing. It was kind of interesting, but it just did not catch me. Stillwaters didn't run deep with Jim. No, no, they did not. Jim, I, I know you, you liked uh, Step by Bloody Step, right? Okay, so Step by Bloody Step is a very fascinating comic that I don't know if it's fantastic or amazing. Um, so the thing about Step by Bloody Step is that it's a silent comic. There is no there is there is spoken mm. dialogue, but there's no English. There's no English. There's no oh. there's no language that we understand. Bummer. Um, <laughs> what do you, What do you mean, bummer? No, I was hoping it was like no words. No, Just there's visuals there, like there, gone. There's there's some alien language word bubbles, but uh, there, there, it, it's it's very much it's not a, translated. It's not translated. It, it's implied. gotcha. Uh, gotcha. It's very much a silent comic, and and the art is incredible, and the story the story again because it's a silent comic has a lot of um, it's not always super clear what's going on because there's sometimes you do need words to make mm-hmm. things clear. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a I struggled a little bit. Like I liked the first issue, and then as it got through it, as like sometimes I was just super confused. And I'm did like, you finish eh, it? I don't know you, if this you, works. Got, you got all the way to the end. I I want to say so, but I can't remember reading the last issue. I have all the issues. I can't remember if I read the last issue or not because okay. I did struggle a bit at parts. The thing about the series is it definitely wants you to start reading the series again after you finish it the first time. And then Ooh. things start clicking. Things make more sense when you read it twice. Intended for reread. I like it. Yeah, it's built that way. Um, it's a gorgeous book. I'll tell you that. Oh, it is absolutely. It's one of the best looking like sci-fi concepts of this year. Hmm. Cool. So a late, a late, uh, a late arrival of which there's only been two issues, three issues, no, two issues so far. That I am a big fan of. Of course, we go. This goes back to uh, talking about crossover. Uh, Donny Cates vanish. Yeah. Okay, I it's bought that good. because you guys recommended it. I don't or think maybe Raven just you, did. Jim. It was just, just me. Yeah. I, yeah, I like it. I like it. I I like it. It's the art is reminiscent of like Capullo Spawn. I would say. Yeah, I remember you said that, and Raven was like, "Oh, I like and, Capullo Spawn." And, yeah. and, and, and I say that not having read Capullo Spawn. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's got a very grungy spawn esque look to the. It's whole very thing. dark. Very dark. Everything's at night. The premise is pretty interesting to me. Where it's about, it's about. All right. So on the surface, it looks like it's got standard like superhero traipsings, but there's like another level to it that's Harry Potter esque. It's like wizards looking they were, like they were these right? child soldier wizards that were preparing for like the end of the world, but mm-hmm. it turned out that was a lie, and so one of the one of the students 
takes matters into his own hands and break and kills the headmaster. Ooh. And that sort of like breaks the whole like society down. And now he's back on earth and all of these, uh, evil wizards have come to earth and they are masquerading as masked superheroes. <laughs> okay. And so this guy is going to kill them because they are evil. It's more complicated than that, but it's, I like it. I think it's very interesting conceptually. And it's got a good setup. It yeah, I'm going to stick with it for a bit. Yeah. I guess issue three comes out next week, so looking forward to that. Saga came back this year, and it was good I didn't as it jump ever back was. onto Saga. I don't know why. I just didn't. I think more annoyingly, it only ran for six uh, six issues and then went back on hiatus again. That was really, really, really annoying. Did they say why? No. I think they're just pacing it out, but I, I wish they wouldn't do that. I wish they would. That's the one thing I've discovered. So every year, I like to go back and I like to uh, correlate and list like all the comics I read in the year. Uh-huh. And for like five or six years, I've done this where I basically just type out, write, write out everything I've read in the last mm-hmm. calendar year. Nothing, not one single comic that I read has 12 comes issues out come out, comes out 12 issues in a year. Never. It'd be nice. Ever. Wouldn't it? <laughs> Invincible used to. Yeah. It'd not, be, not, it'd be not, nice. to, not towards the end. Towards the end. No, not towards the end. end. <laughs> but that's when I think, you know, people are getting Things were breaking down. And moving. <laughs> yeah. Things were breaking down. I, I think behind the scenes that ended a lot sooner than they want to admit but oh yeah definitely it see that was the it, thing invincible was never as successful as walking dead right well walking dead came out monthly pretty much Charlie. it did uh because adlard a machine, is a workhorse yeah. but also is just in a less detailed style yeah. like it's a style built for speed oh, and so out, right. out of curiosity is really detail intense so the only comic i read this year that was new that went more than six issues. Mm-hmm. Shit, what was it? You know what? Oh, Saga went eight issues. And, no, no, <laughs> okay. oh, no, I'm wrong. Radiant Black went eight issues. So Radiant Black with eight yeah, issues. Yeah, they've been was, pretty good. Was the most consistent comic that came out this year. Dude, it's hard. Um, I feel like there is a mindset among modern creators. I've even seen it said. That quote unquote, no one can do twelve issues anymore. Right, and I feel like it, you totally can. It's just you can't do twelve issues necessarily of like Frank Quietly level art. Like you're gonna have to Charlie Adler it up a little bit to get twelve well, issues out. But it's one of those things where it's like I see sort of the conversation amongst other creators where they're like, well, just nobody's doing that. You know, it's just not done. And it's like nobody can be done. Like you just gotta change. Your approach. The thing is, though, I mean, we're talking, we read mostly indie comics. Right. Think about when you were reading like Marvel and DC, they pump them out. But how many times would you read a comic and all of a sudden, like, the next issue would be like a guest artist and you'd be like, oh, this sucks. It's like a fill in artist. I mean, yes, dude. They had the luxury of doing that. And and again, I don't even count that as quote unquote and a creator doing 12 issues. Right. Because it's like if if I'm reading quietly issues and all of a sudden it's fucking Igor Cordy, it's like that's a pretty shitty transition. So I don't know. It's it's kind of a thing I wish 
that maybe people would just kind of accept that like, hey, if your style, if your approach is making it impossible for you to be prolific, maybe you need a different approach. Here's something wacky. So this year I started reading the IDW Sonic the Hedgehog comic. Uh, mm-hmm. because Craig asked on a FinCast a while back who the hell reads Sonic the Hedgehog, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to read the guy who reads Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> so I caught up on Sonic the Hedgehog, and we were just uh-huh. talking about this. I thought, for sure, absolutely, Sonic the Hedgehog must have had 12 issues come out in this calendar year. Nope, it's eight. Only eight <laughs> issues. What the fuck? That's what I'm telling you. Is I, I, I've seen it said that it's just not done anymore. It's a I'm licensed like, comic. You'd which think is it come out... <clears throat> with the technology we have today and how much faster things move along, can move along, like it makes no sense. Dude, I'm five times as fast digitally. Now, to be fair, Sonic did have like three spinoffs come out this calendar year. So overall, there was probably more like 20 Sonic comics this year. But the main series, only eight issues. It's weird. It's just weird. Comics want to be like, oh, no one's reading comics. And then they want to make comics. Yeah. It's like, it, dude, if there were 12 issues of my favorite comic this year, I would buy 12. Issues yeah. of my favorite comic. So like, the, there's yeah. a, there's a conversation I want to have at some point that it, it's like the it's the comparison of like manga and American comics. It, it, it works like this: manga comes out pretty consistently weekly. I mean, there's some exceptions. Oda only puts out One Piece every three weeks. Uh, my Hero Academia actually has been taking similar breaks after uh, over twenty years of being consistent, though. Which is good because uh, manga creators are running to the fucking earth trying to meet these weekly deadlines. They literally die early. But the doing fuck, their... the the, we, the fucking weird thing is, manga comes out way more often than American comics, and yet they take years to tell story arcs, decades in some cases. And if an American comic that comes out monthly ever tried to do a story arc that was years long like you'd have an absolute revolt on your hands you'd never be able to sustain interest in that at that pace it's, yeah you it's, can't it's, it's can't kind of fascinating it. that the Weird. difference between the two styles creates such a dramatic where one is more often takes longer than the one that comes out less often Dude, that one has piece. to be shorter one piece is approaching 25 or no, it's in its 25th year or past it or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, it's, they're still saying it's got five more years to wrap up. They're people, Americans. So Americans can totally hang with these like decades long story arcs. Yeah. Just, but I feel like you American, need that American that, companies don't try. <laughs> I feel like you need that, that, that consistently the weekly format or having a new uh, collection of it every month. I don't know how often one piece collections come out. Is it every month or every two? Uh, it's they do they make enough comics that it comes out. I think you get a couple books a year. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I know why it doesn't happen in the indies is they die a sales death. Sure. You 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 die a sales death before you ever told a years long story. You're just not right. going to do it. No. That's why you have you have web comics that have done years long oh, stories. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You're right. Of course. Because there's no sales death. But as far as in the direct market, you're not going to tell a years long story yeah. because you got to make it. Yeah, Super Raven. You gonna make one year? Super Raven's Dojo was like a what three year long story. Uh that story arc took like five years, I think, to execute. And uh, it, you know, again, if I, if I was doing it a page a day, it could have been a year and a half. You're a, but, you're a mangaka. You know, yeah, American fucking mangaka. <laughs> 
Yeah, speaking of manga, like that's what I read this year. I didn't get to read any U.S. comics, but I because uh, I was doing the Daily Savage Dragon reread, which was way more time consuming than I thought it would be, because I didn't want to blast through them. I was like really like like studying it and stuff. Yeah. But then I read uh, two Japanese comics this year that just fucking ruled, and uh, one of them is Chainsaw Man. I don't. No, have we talked on? We haven't talked on the FinCast about it, right? I don't Probably think we talked on air. On off. I'll be concise. Basically, I think it is something everyone would fucking love. And it ended up, I thought, I ended up thinking, I was like, hey, this is kind of stupid. This was my growth with it. By the, I'm reading the first volume. I was like, hey, this is kind of stupid. I, I don't really see where this is so. And then by the end of the first book, I was like, God damn, I see it. I see the vision. Like, I, I get why people like this. This is fucking pretty good. And then I just got to where I just couldn't stop buying books. I was, I was, cause I was behind the curve. Everybody did, was ahead of me. Did you read this before or after you read the one shots? Uh, before. Okay. So the, one, read- the one shots just added to the, <laughs> cause they just added to the mystique of this author who I was just like, oh my god, this guy is a fucking genius. And uh, the thing is, is that <clears throat> I'm not going to spoil shit because people should read Chainsaw Man. Well, it's but on it's, TV right now. The the anime is coming out and it's like super nuclear hot. Uh, right. Popular. In case in case the listeners want to read it though, because I do think as a comic fan, he works the comic medium yeah. in a way that I think Americans would really appreciate. And the thing is, is that it just fucking blew me away how good and cinematic it is and the pacing and the storytelling and the action and the characterization. And just this is a it's one of those things where I feel like every now and then a Japanese comic will come around. That's not like anything like Death Note is not like any other comic. It's just like Death Note's like Death Note and nothing else is like Death Note. That's how fucking Chainsaw Man is. And I didn't think it was going to be. When I started reading it, I thought it was just a fucking fight comic. And it ends up being so goddamn good. And I just think that the art is starts off, like, again, even the art fools you that way. It starts off shitty and scratchy. And you just end up, you realize, you're just like, oh my god, this guy's a fucking genius. Like, he can just compose shots. And, like, just the pacing and the cinematic parallels from one scene to the next... Again, he's a movie junkie. He makes it crystal clear and all this stuff. And he's clearly taken all this shit that he learned watching films and put it right into the comic. It's one of the most cinematic comics I've ever fucking read in my life. And so I easily recommend it to anyone. Learn nothing. It's got a gut punch from fucking hell that'll just destroy you. And it's just like when you're reading it, you're just thinking, you know, this is just some dumb fun shit. And then you just end up getting fucking destroyed left and right, like over and fucking over again. And so, yes, it's fucking fantastic. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, Yes, it is on TV. If you want to watch it, it looks great. But, hey, man, we're in a comic podcast. So I'm recommending you read that goddamn comic. And then the other comic I read was, uh, I'm going to fuck the name up, but, you know, you'll figure it out. It's a dead, 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 dead demons destroy. Oh, God damn it. That is one of those comics that I should have been reading for years, but I still haven't got to. It looks it ends, incredible. It, it is is really good. It's another one of those comics that it's just like, huh, there's huh. nothing like this. It's not as good as Chainsaw Man. Right. So there's that. But the thing to know about this is that it's weird. 
And so it's not going to appeal to everyone. Like, I think everyone would love Chainsaw Man. Well, its creator not, is its creator is known for doing those sorts of, like, low-key, weird... It's uh, very sli- weird. I guess I would call it, like, slice of life, but weird. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. You nailed think, it. Because it's, it. it's good by Pun Pun's creator, right? Or, uh, Correct. Yeah. So, so, again, when you start reading it first, you might even get the kind of vibe that it's a little boring. And you might be like, well, where's the fantastical element? Am I really reading a comic about fucking little girls in Japan in school? Like, what the fuck is How am I reading this? Why is this holding anyone's attention? This is, and again, they're just weird. They're just weird little girls in school. And you're just like, fucking, what's the appeal of this? Who, who the fuck was this made for? But like, uh, if you have a stomach for weird shit, and you have patience for a very slow burn. I mean, this is like, geez, this is like books of slow burn. I will say that it gets to a place that is pretty fucking interesting. And then the other twist to uh, the thing to keep you or maybe interest you, just get you to check it out, is that the artist uh, works in just one of the most lavish, insanely detailed fucking visual styles i've ever seen in my life oh yeah it's ridiculous i've seen it i've is, seen the art it's the main reason i wanted to check it out initially it is just, dense i mean like you're talking about like visual shorthand he doesn't use it everything right. gets drawn i'd hate to be one of his assistants oh, i'd yeah. fucking blow i'd blow my brain because he does if all these freaking cityscapes all the time i mean everything all right you may have seen like a, a grocery store scene or like a, a bookshelf full of books where every spine has a different thing on it. All right. But in, when you re- when you see that, usually you see it for like one page or a double page spread. And then when you go he back to reading that on different panels, dude, it's dense. It's dense in every goddamn shot. Every goddamn shot is dense. Every goddamn shot is so visually dense. It's fucking, I've never seen anything like it. And, uh, it's, that is part of the appeal because I'm an artist. So if you're kind of like a visual detail whore, it's just, it's crazy. So again, not for everyone. It's not Chainsaw Man. But if you're looking for something just fucking weird and different and just visual fucking feast, hey man, that's the guy. So yeah, those were the two I was reading. Of course I'm reading One Piece. One Piece is going crazy year, crazy places this year because it's fucking ending. So is Dead Dead Demons DDDD Destruction over? It looks like the final volume came out. I think it came out this month. It did, yeah. (laughs) So I haven't haven't got it. I guess now's the time. It says August, uh, volume 11. So I think you can read. Yeah, I I read 11. So I think 12 comes out in like December. Okay. So I I think it's done though. So if you're wanting to just read it all, you can. And so it hooked me. It's super weird. I recommend Chainsaw Man over that. Like if you got to choose, yeah. if you only got the money, choose Chainsaw Man. But like, uh, it's still good. Maybe if you, if you like weird shit, check it out. But, uh, you know, one piece is ending and that's fucking super exciting because after years of kind of fucking around, he's just driving that shit straight home. I mean, he's just like dropping fucking plot points that have been dangling for 20 fucking years. He's just dropping them left and right. And so, yeah, that was the shit I read this year and it was just fucking bananas. So I read a lot less manga this year than I have in previous years. Um, I'll be honest. I mostly just got cheap and stopped buying the books. Like I, I missed a bunch of fists of the North star volumes. I should have read and mm-hmm. I'm way behind on B stars, 
Those were both mm-hmm. books I was a big fan of last year, and I'm still a fan of. It's just I just haven't had the time or money to want to just get through them all. I mostly just kept up with all my Shonen Jump uh, weekly stuff through the app. Yeah. Um, my Hero Academia continues along. It's pretty good. Um, I think the current arc's a little chunky, um, plot pacing wise. I think it's. I think the series. I don't is hear it. Be, it's just not as good as it was. Um, I don't hear anyone talking about it these days. I feel well, like it kind of. One Punch Man, though, holy shit! One Punch Man this year has been fucking incredible. Uh, I have not been hearing people talk about it. Is holy it fucking good? Shit, is it good? Right. Well. Not right right now. It 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 it, it uh, climaxed its story arc about three months ago, uh, but holy shit, was that was that arc end on a high? Fucking crazy! Um, Hell yeah, dude! Art, I love art, to see One Punch Man doing good. Art art wise, you'd probably shit yourself. Some of the stuff they were doing. Um, He's one of the best in the world. No no exaggeration. One of what the volume best is that world. on? Uh, that's a good question. I read it weekly, so I don't or monthly rather, so. I, I don't keep track of the volumes, but I'll check. Mm. Ooh, looks like a lot. Uh, looks like up to 25 now. Wow. Yeah, wow indeed. But, um... Did, go ahead. Did either of you guys pick up New York Ninja? <laughs> okay, you're the, the sequel sec- to the you're movie? The, you're the second person to talk <laughs> about New York Ninja in the last f- four days on a podcast with me. <laughs> Really? Um, yeah, I, I here's the thing. I saw the comic at my local com- one of my local comic shops and I had it in my hands and I thought about buying it and I ended up not buying it. Uh because of course it's the sequel to the movie. Uh the movie's the story behind what the movie is is really fascinating. I learned all about it on the other podcast I was on. Right. Apparently, they had a bunch of footage for a film that was shot. They had no audio, they had no cast list, so they they overdubbed it uh, and cut it together into a new movie. It was an actual 80s kung fu well, karate movie, ninja movie. Right. Missing all of so, so the redubs have got like some of those like 80 actors in it. What's, what's the um, uh, Don the Dragon Wilson? <laughs> he, he's like, I think he's actually the, the ninja. He's like, but he's not, he doesn't play the ninja in the, the movie, but he, his voice is dubbed. Right, right. I I don't know the deal hills because I haven't seen the movie or read the comic. But apparently, the end of the movie movie. is kind of sudden because they run they ran out of footage, (laughs) and so the comic is supposed to be a more satisfying ending. Yeah, but I like the 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 comic is interesting because it it caught my eye immediately because it's magazine sized and I love magazine sized comic books and that was almost very indie. Well, the guy who made it is the guy who did the Revenger comic. Do you guys remember Revenger? Right. Yeah, I have <laughs> that series. Yeah, Revenger's... And, well, and one, Slash, of the, one of the trades. Slasher, I think they also did, although I have not read Slasher. Uh, if you're a fan of Michelle Fife, you'd probably like either of those books. Cool. Yeah, it was fun. It was cool. That was the thing too, Jim. It was magazine style. Um, I flipped it open, and it had that kind of indie art. You know, the uh, Alexis Zerit or whatever, uh, slash, you know, the Revenger type stuff. I may still go back and get it. It was still on the shelf when I was there a few days ago. I'll pick it up. It seems right up my alley. I just didn't hear anybody say anything about it. 
Yeah, you'd probably the official like, you'd, comic you'd probably, like, in the movie. Floating World Comics always puts out really good indie weirdo stuff. Do you guys get any collections? Like, I know we talked, I got the Copra uh, hardcover. Do you guys get any cool, like, hardcovers or collections? No. It's hard for, it's hard for me to say because, like, I've got so much in my stack and I just, like, have fucking forgot. Like, I just bought a bunch of shit. I know I, like, bought Pink Lemonade, which I recommend. I yes. Extra. Yeah, Pink that's lemonade. one of the books I'm, I'm sort of sleeping on. I, I, I've got them in my wish list, but I haven't read them yet. It's weird. I've been picking it up since you recommended it, Raven. Th- you there's like a, it? There's a new Oni yeah. series, right? But there was a previous series before that that was self-published. Yeah, he got started, and then Oni picked it up. And so he just goes back and starts over, but then he finishes it with Oni. So okay. it never finished It never finished in indie. But okay. then it does finish with Oni, so I can start with the Oni series. Oh yeah, safely. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, then you, I will do you don't that. you don't have to go back. Yeah. Don Simpson actually has draws some stuff in the original series. Yeah, I want to say I feel like Nick is like maybe Pittsburgh centric or something. <laughs> yeah. I um I got this year I got my third I think the second and third volume of the Madman collections Ooh. which. Fucking awesome! He's huge. Putting out everything oh, he ever huge. did in the Madman universe in these handy dandy collections. Yeah, I how many get... pages is that? I don't know, shit ton. I gotta get, <laughs> I gotta get those digitally. They, they are look like very handy, handy, handy collections. Speak. Oh, I guess what I did. I actually did buy something. Uh, not print though, uh, digital. They re, uh, they reissued the Grendel omnibuses, and I, I mm-hmm. bought, I bought the digital reissues of those because they were. Uh, better quality than the originals because uh, the originals were still standard definition and were kind of fuzzy looking but it, it, anyway they're very good i finally read uh the the original uh graphic novel there i um the only grendel i was that i ever read was his crossover with batman which was fucking awesome back in like the early 90s um was was and probably still is one of my favorite superhero comics visually and the funny thing is, I just never picked up anything else Grendel after that. <laughs> but that comic blew me away; that, it like blew my mind. Like that was the, the that, art that was drawn by Wagner, right? Yeah. So Wagner's, I, I love Wagner's art. I'm a huge fan of Mage. Um, thing with Grendel is a lot of it isn't drawn by Wagner, uh, <laughs> and then less appealing because of that. But uh, it gets wacky though, right? He goes like into space and everything too. And well, okay, so I haven't gotten that far. Well, I have, but <laughs> I haven't read. So last year he came out with well, when actually in 2020 because it kind of got delayed because of the pandemic. He came out with Grendel, uh, Final Odyssey, something Odyssey, which was based on the future Grendel, who's like a super soldier, armored up dude, slaughters people, crazy. I read that without having read any of the rest of Grendel. And even though I didn't, I lacked a little bit of context about this space Grendel guy, it was super cool. Also, it was drawn by Wagner, so it looked great. Um, apparently, that is part of like a whole like storyline that started many years prior. Mm-hmm. Um, Grendel starts out as like a, a, a street level sort of like crime story. And I guess just over time, the 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 the, the concept iterates, um, 
becoming more and more like outlandish over time. So it'll be interesting as I read through to see that development development uh, where it goes. Yeah, I know there's like space buff, like crazy Grindel. There's Grindel with the long spear. There's Lady Grindel. Right. That's all I know. <laughs> what, what I was surprised about is Grindel is not a hero character. Grindel is actually the villain of the story. Um, mm. If you ever read the original graphic novel, uh, Devil's Do or the Devil, I should know the name of it off the top of my head, but I don't. Grendel is treated as like a crime boss. And then there is like a quote unquote, a superhero who um, basically battles them. But that quote unquote hero character is barely touched upon at all because the point of view of the story is actually from a completely different point of view. It's hard to explain exactly uh, in words without giving away too many spoilers, but it's fa- it's a fast, it's, it's not as straightforward as a story as you'd think it would be. Uh, Grendel is a very complicated character and I, th- and, and it's definitely been worth it going back and finally reading the thing. So I, I recommend Grendel. Hell yeah. It's dude. It's just like, uh, what is that fucking, uh, Nexus? It's just like there's so many things that I yeah. just need. Yeah. I need to go back and read. I've like I, I barely read any Love and Rockets. It's just like there's so much shit yeah. that I need. I need to read that I just haven't. I guess there's new Bone coming out. Is there new Bone? Oh, really? Damn. Yeah. Well, crazy enough, I this this year there was actually a whole bunch of like uh, digital humble bundle sales where I got mm-hmm. not only all most of the Love and Rockets collections. But I also mm. got everything Terry Moore has ever done. Uh, the, um, Terry Moore did um, Strangers in Paradise and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Rachel Rising and Echo and those books. Haven't read a single one of them, but I now have them all at least. <laughs> and uh, then the Twilight Zone episode ends with Jim's glasses cracked. No. <laughs> I had I have them. I have a bunch of image series that I have not read that I'm sitting there. Like we were just touching upon. I junkyard Joe. I've got to read those mm-hmm. and pick those up. Uh, I'll be honest. I was just Geiger. So I, uh, yeah, that's, that was kind of like Geiger, like strong art. Like I was expecting more, but I'm kind of sticking with it. Hoping, you know, this, yeah. another universe that might be a little cohesive. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I'm not that excited to read Junkyard Joe, but I bought it. Um, Noctera, I also started, but I kind of fell off about issue six. I got Does it fizzle out, kind of? Well, see, it's hard to tell if it fizzled out or if I just kind of... Because what will happen is I'll read a series and I'll like it, and then then like six months will pass, and I'll have forgotten to have bought the issues, and now there's six months worth of issues I got to catch up on. I'll go, oh, man, that'll take a whole afternoon. Well, they... (laughs) <laughs> they um came out with 11 issues. I like it in the fact that so so I'll I'll stick around if you're monthly and you stick with it. Like I feel like it makes it feel safe. Like this is something worth investing my time in. And then they take a little hiatus, but they just came out with a special one shot this past week. Yeah. Or last week, I think it was. So now I'm feeling I got to jump into it and start reading it because I don't want to go any further and then not like it and then find out I just spent a bunch of money for nothing. It's, and then it's, once in, it's, it's got a it's got a cool premise. Uh, as yeah, far I as think po- post apocalyptic stories go. Yeah, and then once in future, I bought the whole series. I haven't read it yet. Like same same situation. Issues. I got all the 
once in future issues volumes two, and I have not even started them. They look gorgeous, I'll tell you that. Yep. But I'm afraid now I'm not going to like it, and I just wasted a shit ton of money. Yep, yep, yep. Well, Is mean, there any books for you guys? Well, I know, Raven, you say you didn't read much, but maybe, Jim, uh, any books that that we haven't talked about that you either stopped collecting because they just kind of fizzled out on you or that you just were disappointed with when you bought and just was like, you know, expected well, way more? Let's, let's check my handy-dandy sheet. What did I not finish? Okay, so one book that I absolutely did not like. Oh, where is it? So you can never remember the name because I didn't like it. Um... <laughs> See, I'm very lucky that I follow creators mostly. Yeah. I don't just like, I don't oh, okay. just stray. So here's one book that disappointed me greatly. So you know how we're kind of a fan of the uh, uh, Supermassive? So in the back mm-hmm. of one of the issues, I think it was Rogue Son, there was a ad for a book called Onyx. Onyx was a one-shot. Um, they're from, Onyx is part of, if you if you keep an eye on like a bunch of Image Comics, you'll notice that some of them have this uh, Z logo on them, which I believe stands for Synergize. They're, 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 a whole, they're basically a, a label. Um, they put out a bunch of books right now. And I'll be honest... Every single one of them I read was not that good. Mm. Apparently, it's uh, uh, is it Ashley Wood? It might be Ashley Wood's company. Mm-hmm. They did the the one who did the the Metal Gear Solid books. Yeah, I'm not a huge Eric loves Ashley Wood. He's spoken highly of his stuff, and I can't get into it. I've tried, and nope. Onyx, I own that Metal Gear. Nope. Onyx looked like it was like an like a. African, like the country of Africa, like African futurism, uh, uh, like armored hero, like Super Sentai sort of thing. And it turned out to just kind of be like this ultra generic armored space character, like a Green Lantern. And it just was so disappointing uh, as a comic. And I was really hoping for more like the, the, the superhero sort of thing, like we got out of Supermassive. It just wasn't that. That, that yeah. was probably one of the more disappointing like impulse purchases I made this year. Unfortunately, are you still collecting Firepower? Uh, no, I dropped Firepower with issue twelve. I yeah. that book I'm, was just too slow burn for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm finding like I love Chris Samney and I like Kirkman's writing and I want to like it. But Kirkman's weird. He's got real like, like what was the one. That was really slow burn. Um, Outcast. Outcast. I, I couldn't. I couldn't deal with it. I. I this. I, I've largely. Slow. I fell off Kirkman with um, that Outlast. The other one. Um, Oblivion song. Oblivion song. I tried that for twelve issues, and I just could not jive with it. And so I. I really like that. I'm surprised that you didn't like that. But now, granted, I also yeah, I, I did. I did end up dropping off Walking Dead about. Um, right after the war arc. So at that point I was kind of done with Kirkman in general. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's changed with his, his writing. Maybe it's always been that way, but it's just something just stopped clicking with me with him. He's not as snappy as I remember him to be. I can but, help uh, you. I, I, he, I, when he was doing invincible, he was much more snappy and quick to get to things. 
And then the success of Walking Dead showed yeah. him he could be as slow as he wanted to be. Yep. And and oh boy, he stretched those legs. And but it's just like my favorite Skybound book of the last few years was Die Die Die. And now that, that was great. That book yep. is fantastic. But of course, it don't it, it it was it came out for like five or six issues and then stopped for a year. Came back for five or six more and then it just stopped. <laughs> Come on, man! So did did that never finish? Oh, it 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 finished. It had an ending. Mm-hmm. It just there's room for more, and it just hasn't come back yet. Mm. I think it's because I love done. Die Die Die. I thought it, that was fucking the, the Obama issue was the last issue. Okay, you remember, remember the Obama boxing issue? Oh yeah, yeah. Bummer. <laughs> yeah. Dude, for the I, longest I love, time, there was a villain. You do you remember on that the Obama boxing issue where there's like a double page spread with like the whole crowd scene. Yep, sure. And there's like all these random characters. It, it was based there on was this, the, uh, Superman versus Muhammad Ali, uh, treasury cover. Yeah. There's this villain in it. And I couldn't for the life of me remember where I s- saw it from. And it hurt my brain so bad for like six months until I figured it out. And I thought the villain was like the bad guy from the, remember the fake ghostbusters cartoon mm-hmm. with the gorilla. Oh yeah, I thought yeah, okay. it was him, and it wasn't him, and I couldn't, for the life of me, remember who where he was from. And it turned out he was the villain from the Pac-Man cartoon oh, from back oh, in the right. day. The Ghost Master? Is that what his name was? I can't remember, but oh, I, I it hurt my brain for six months trying to figure out because I so knew him because I'd watched so many of those cartoons as a kid, and I couldn't place it, and I couldn't. Like I did so many searches on the internet and everything, and then one day it just came across, and I was like so relieved. It was <laughs> such mental anguish. Mesmeron. Yes. Mesmeron? Yes, that sounds right. Here, I'm linking a picture in the text chat for you. Yes, yeah. please. Thank He's you. bald with like the little like kind of Darth Vaderish. I think. Remember that theme song? How we Parkman. I was just thinking how, like, there used to be a thing, a trend in music, where you'd just have random demon voice. Yep, that's and, that's it. And Pac-Man had that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Very Darth Vader. Oh, yeah, I gotta go back. Did you say the fake Ghostbusters? Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, you know, it predates Ghostbusters, right? No, I know. I just call it the fake Ghostbusters because okay. they call the other one the real Ghostbusters. Got, got, gotcha. <laughs> that one's based on like black and white TV show, <clears throat> the, the, that cartoon, and it was just a cash grab. Sure was. <laughs> it was so confusing as a kid, though. Yeah. I was like, why are there this Ghostbusters that have a fucking gorilla? I don't get it. At the same time, didn't you kind of wish the real Ghostbusters had a gorilla? Yeah, everyone should have a gorilla. <laughs> Because the gorilla was awesome. It was the other two hokey. They looked like hillbillies. I was like, they have, they have the black and white TV shows on like YouTube. I watch them. I'd be like, I would have loved that as a kid, though. Oh yeah, I, I watched a whole mini documentary about the history of Ghostbusters, of Ghostbusters, uh, original Dude. Ghostbusters, and and the live action stuff is actually very charming. The cartoon was absolutely a cash grab. Of course, the whole situation was, um, um, Belushi and uh, the other one. Um, you mean um, Ackroyd? Ackroyd and Bel- well, both of them. I think they were they were the producers on it. They basically they wanted to call the show Ghostbusters. Discovered Ghostbusters had already previously been used. Tried to think up a better name and said, "Fuck it, we'll just use the name and then ask for forgiveness and pay a fee later." 
and that's that's why they just stole the name. What's the chances that like they would use that name? It's so weird. Ghostbusters, right? Yeah, busting ghosts. That's not a fucking. You know, you don't use that in terms of busting anything else. You know, hey man, you got a flybuster? Hand <laughs> me that. <laughs> Hand me that flybuster over here. Hmm. Thanks. All right, I think we've talked enough about the year 2022. We've been going on for almost two and a half hours. It's been a good one, dude. Is there, is there anything else we want to talk about? Let's think. We did the we did the compendium. We did the what we've been reading in depth. <laughs> uh, I guess just one last thing. Yeah, we bashed Liefeld. We bashed uh, McFarlane. We got those checkboxed. Yeah, we shit all over them. Both cheeks spread. Do you guys have any kind of like uh, FinCast, like just, you know, it's our 10th anniversary. Do you have any kind of like reflections or any kind of things where you're just like stories that you just would like to bring up just in the moment? Like anything that just hits your head, like, goddamn, this has been a crazy 10 years. Do you ever, do you ever think you'd make it 10 years? Do you ever think that you, were you, you never, was it never in question? You were just going to do it as long as you could, like. Well, I didn't really expect it the last 10 years. I mean, I thought podcasts, they come and they go, and eventually one of us would get a life and move on, and the other two would just kind of <laughs> drift apart. You know. We just didn't get a life. It just didn't happen. You know what? It almost happened when Craig was gone all these times. Jim yeah. admitted to me. He's like, eh, I just wasn't feeling it. And I was like. <gasps> it's true. For a while there, back in probably five years ago now, I was starting to feel like the podcast was throwing its course, but. I think we found our second wind, and it, was, and it wasn't because you weren't here, Craig. Uh, <laughs> it, it was other other factors in life. But it was nice to That's get good you back to know. when you finally. That's did good come to know, back, right? Full time. Yeah, I, I mean, I uh, the first one started right when I had my first daughter, and they started to like slack off when my well. I only have one daughter, but my, my <laughs> son was born and now they're like, you know, my daughter is 12 and my son is nine. So I don't know. It's pretty crazy that, uh, we've been going this long. I, uh, didn't have any idea how long this would last. I probably, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, if we'd still be doing this, I'd probably say no, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. Nobody it's thought we'd, been nobody would thought we'd last one. We can make a podcast about one comic book. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, if yeah, if I had to say anything about it, I'm just like it's been awesome getting to know you guys and just talking Savage Dragon and having the time, like getting the time in to talk to Eric, like my funny, my favorite, you know, funny book creator since I've been, you know, whatever, ten or eleven or I don't know, maybe eleven or twelve, um, and just you know at least a couple times a year get to pick his brain is pretty much awesome. I think it's, I think it's led to interesting, weird things. Like I don't think of us as any kind of a anybody or whatever, but like I, I like some looking the other day and like Craig was complaining about, uh, you know, someone on, I, I won't name who thing, but like a certain groups, uh, group was, uh, rubbing Craig the wrong way. And, uh, Liefeld pops in the comments and is like, hey, what'd they say? <laughs> I'm just like, that is weird. 
<laughs> yeah, it is weird. With it. it's I mean, weird. That, that's the one thing that I love about the comics industry. You know, like you know, any hobby. We could have been like our favorite thing is like movies or even music. Is like you don't have the interaction that you nope. do with comic book creators. Like it's so cool that there's a lot of creators out there that are pretty down with just shooting the shit with the fans. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I mean, plus dude, I just want to say like, guys, I mean, for one, like it's just been, you talk about like just getting to shoot the shit and talk with like you guys and Eric and everything else. But I mean, just the network of like people too, that have like come up around the show, like Simon and you know, uh, fucking Adam Pruitt. Like I never would have known who he is, but it's like, God damn, what an MVP of comics. Yeah. I saw, I saw his name on something just the other day. The dude proud, don't proud, stop. Proud to have known him. He is the architecture, the invisible architecture behind many books. And dude, so, he's he's the invisible architect that helped start the foundation of the FinCast. You know, like yeah. <laughs> so it's just one of those things where it's just like yeah, logos, logos for Dragon Fan, logos for the FinCast. Like yeah, it's just no. Like, I mean, all the connections that we've made. Um, just to even make the Freak Force book. I mean, some of those guys, you know, we knew from like you know, just uh, the boards and stuff like that, but it's really solidified with, you know, the podcast and having some of them on. And um, it's just been cool. Yeah, I've had a great time. I mean, I think it's fucking awesome. And it's just been weird, crazy fucking stories, like things I was just like, yeah, you know. Like, never would have imagined. <laughs> like, if you'd asked 90s me if, you know, I would be sending pictures of sexy trees to Eric Larson. And then he'd just put them up on his wall. You know, I, I would have been like, what? Like, sexy trees? What are you talking about? Like, trees are just tubes with brown on them, right? Wrong. You can very much find sexy trees in nature. Thank you. I've if seen, you just Disney, know I've seen Disney movies. There were sexy trees in Disney. <laughs> In Fantasia. So, uh, I, I, yeah. I liked a lot of our interviews, like the Josh Eichhorn one. Getting to talk to him was pretty goddamn funny. Like, you know, here's this guy just, Eric, you know, cracks jokes on every episode. As a real intern was, you know, every issue, he's got a little blurb about him. And just to hear his stories, um, you know, Gary Carlson, Frank Fosco, um, you talk about a treasure like Gary, dude, the, the secret grandfather of Image Comics. And I yeah. had no idea. And I had no idea. And, like, I have just grown through this through this podcast. Because, dude, I had weird, shitty attitude about, like, uh, any backup. I just didn't care. I only wanted to read the main stuff by Eric. If I'd flip and seen the backups were by, like, someone other than Eric, I'd just not read them. Like an asshole. And then through this show... Like, you know, to to be involved in the show, I've, like, come and read, uh, gone back and read, like, Etherian and all that shit. And I read it in sequence for the daily reread. And, I mean, I just have such an appreciation for Gary's writing that I never would have had if it wasn't for the show. Frank's right. art. Frank's art is uh, just fucking better than I ever gave him credit for. You know, I was shitty about it. To be honest, I was shitty about it. Don Simpson. I had shitty attitude about Don Simpson and it's like, dude, he's one of the fucking greats. He's awesome. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Well, like I even, 
even younger guys like Michelle Fife getting him on and, and getting, you know, getting to know him. And he, he came on twice. He, he's been great. I mean, talk about a guy that loves comics and just everything about comics. Like, he's such a fun guest. Yeah. Um, it's it's wild, dude. I who, mean, it is. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, who, who, what do you, for like, say the next five years, what do you guys, you guys have any kind of hopes for like a guest or something you want to see done the same guy i always say dude we got to get kirkman yeah mm-hmm. kirkman would be huge uh, i'd like to get don simpson at some point oh yeah talk about savage dragon megaton man i mean i think he's going to be coming out with some stuff in 2023 and will be a good chance to kind of talk to him he's a character too like he calls he's very similar to larson what he'll he doesn't give a shit. Like he'll just tell you his opinion. I feel like beautiful, my favorite kind of guest. <laughs> Kirkman would be good. I don't know. Do you think there's ever would ever be a possibility? No, that's why he's the no. white whale. No, you got to get through his PR team. He's yeah. way too busy. I think the only way to get Kirkman would be to like have Eric ask him. Like that's the only fucking way. And so, like, yeah, he'd be a white whale. Like, to get him on the show, I don't think we ever will. But to have him on would just be fucking incredible. Anyone the else thing out is, there? Is you guys were on the forums with him. Yeah. I it's wasn't. True. You weren't? But okay. I'm saying, like, well, that predates me. But, like, hearing you, you, your guys' you old you stories. Didn't, you didn't hear all about his wrestling comic you wanted to make? <laughs> nope. I've only heard about it from you guys secondhand. So I'm saying this is some shit I would fucking love to have covered. You know what I mean? I mean, um, a more realistic guest. We need to get Dave Johnson on. <laughs> I talked to Dave Johnson at Terrificon this year. Or, oh, actually, holy shit, that was two years ago. Fuck, that's not good. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I Actually, we were kind of fucked up because it's uh, Dave Johnson was two years ago. And uh, Don Simpson, who I talked to this year, we this should year. probably have them both on. Uh, this in the coming year, we should make, reach out for both of them, and try to make mm-hmm. those happen, because those are those are reachable, attainable goals. I think. <laughs> not like Kirkman. <laughs> no, not like that golden goose. Maybe he'll uh, have a spout of bad luck and need to bomb <laughs> our podcast to make ends meet. He hits on hard times. <laughs> hard times, baby. Hey guys, uh, you got that chicken sandwich you promised me after the show, Robert. <laughs> After the show. <laughs> before before we wrap things up, there's one thing I wanted to add that I totally forgot when I was going through my list because I was focusing mostly on image. But I think God's Brutality wrapped up in 2022. Oh, yeah. I think it only ran four issues. Right. I think it started towards the end of 21 and wrapped up in 2022. But quite an enjoyable comic by our pal Mark Welser and pals Mark Welser and Rich Whittle. Um I wish I could have, you know, seen a trade come out of that. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe it's still in the works, but uh, well, uh, I think Scout, they're coming out with more stuff for 2023, like other comics. Scout, oh, yeah. Scout uh, Black Caravan finally got their act together and got all their comics on Comicsology. So uh, I will be buying and reading those in the very near future. But uh, you're right, Craig. That is very much a Savage Dragon uh, tag team and what a treasure it is to have gotten to know Mark and watch him fucking just own this comic artist shit like I always knew he fucking could and uh, he just is just knocking out like just incredible piece after incredible piece 
and uh, I only see good things for him and Rich both in the future. I mean, they're just so fucking talented. It's insane. Same thing with like Ben Bishop. Like, you know, you just, yeah. uh, just you learn about him through that little backup, and the next thing you know, he's doing the goddamn Ninja Turtles last Ronin. And it's just like, what a treasure. What a, what a find to just, you know, hook up through these guys, uh, hook up with these characters like through Dragon's backups, and then boom, next thing you know, they're doing shit that you just fucking love, like Gods of Brutality. And uh, yeah, man, it's just awesome. It's been fantastic. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that without the FinCast in my life, uh, it's easy to say that I just wouldn't be anywhere near as much a Savage Dragon fan because you've got these lean years where, to be honest, it's easy to forget. I mean, we had, what, two issues this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, we're plugged into this community, and I've been doing the daily reread, and we've been doing retros, and we've been covering Ant, and it's just been a fucking blast. So, I mean, honestly, like, the FinCast has fucking enriched the hell out of my life. Like, I'm very thankful for the opportunity to have been a part of it for all these years. Like, incre- I'll never take it for granted. Like, talking with you guys is just a fucking blast. And I don't talk comics with a lot of people because, you know, a lot of comic nerds fucking suck. You know, they're not fun to talk to. They're not fun to talk with. They only want to go on about mainstream shit that I just don't give a shit about. I saw a thing trending. It's like, Miles Morales is not Spider-Man. Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And I was just like, bro, this is why I could easily like read comics and never talk to another single comic nerd. Because <laughs> when I see shit like that, I'm just like, bro, I don't ever want to tell anyone I read comics. It's embarrassing. But like talking to you guys fucking rules. You read all kinds of cool shit. You put me on to all kinds of cool shit. I don't know. Just saying. Love the FinCast. One of these days I'm going to start playing video games and (laughs) uh, reading manga. No, don't. Don't ruin your life. You can read manga because it's just comics. But no. Don't don't ruin your life with the video game shit. It's it's, it's no good for you. (laughs) Craig will be like, yeah, I went to my... uh, I think I went to my last show. I'm gonna stay home and play video games here for. I'd be like, no, we dorsed him up. Fix. (laughs) Well, guys, I think we said it all. I think we did. So thanks for listening, everyone. That was uh, year 2022, I think. And as always, you can always find us at savagefincast.com. Send us an email at savagefincast at gmail.com search for us on youtube one last thing go ahead i need an over under like how many issues of savage dragon do you think we're getting in 2023 (laughs) good guess eight (laughs) i'm gonna say six i will say four so damn pessimist someone write that down I'll write it down when the show comes out. (laughs) All right. Thank you, dear listeners. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Jim. See ya. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) 